as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you... Who I am is not important. Listen to discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trippers. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new content and new stuff. To follow the girl word, no podcast has gone forth. Hello and welcome to Tribbles in Ecstasy 237. I'm your host, Midnight Shadow, and joining me today in the studio, we've got my crew, who are... Hello everybody, it's Sun, and oh my god, there's stuff going on, except there's not. Greetings, it is I, Dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny, Sun. Hey guys, it's Timberwolf. And also joining us in the studio today from Star Trek Online, we have got, returning to us after a couple of years, Nick Taco Fans Dugid. Welcome back to the show. Hello. And we have Joe Jing, who is your first time here. Welcome. Yes. Hi, everybody. How are you both doing? Good. All right. Now, Nick, you're a senior environment artist, and Joe, you're a character artist. Can you tell everybody what it is that you do for Cryptic Studios and um, some examples of what you've brought to the game with regards to the most recent expansion? I make environment art. <laughs> uh, so environment art is like set building for the movies except for the game so we make all of the maps and things that you walk around on and jump on and try to escape from um, most recently that's out let's see so we're talking agents of yesterday stuff uh, so Edrin the planet where you fight the Gorn and uh, they use mortars to blow up the rocks and stuff that was that started as me, it ended up being a couple other environment artists that finished it, but that that's the kind of stuff that we do. Cool. Did you do some stuff for uh, the latest expansion? Well, that was... Isn't that the latest expansion? The... The, the Starbase! Um, he means the Starbase! Oh, for K-13 we're talking about? Yeah. It's not <laughs> out yet? I, well, See, it's not out yet. It's not out that yet. That one. Thank you. 
Uh, I only did a little bit of work with that. Mostly that was Donnie. I uh, I started the work on the exterior for it, so I deconstructed. We already had the K-13 model from Agents of Yesterday. That was made by Nate Herzog, another environment artist. And then I took that and did the Starbase construction tier thing that we've done with a bunch of the other fleet holdings in the past. So I deconstructed it and chopped it up and made it look like it was being rebuilt from destroyedness. Um, but then Donnie, Donnie took over and did most of the most of the hard work for that. So and I Joe, guess Joe does stuff. Yes, uh, I do uh, characters on Star Trek, uh, like about half the team, like literally. Uh, it's a very small team. Uh, we uh, have. I've been most excited on Agents of Yesterday with some of the Klingon revamps for the TOS era stuff. Uh, we updated the Romulans. Uh, TOS Corn. The TOS Corn was probably my favorite and definitely a crowd pleaser. Uh, it was definitely fun to make it look kind of like it was really a rubber suit. <laughs> Still in <laughs> known issues. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, one of my most exciting things that I got to do was uh, making Worf. I mean, that's definitely not current. I did that quite a while ago, but being a fan of the next generation, that was definitely a highlight on Star Trek. Wait, me. wait, which Worf? I, I, I did all of All of the Worfs, yep. Because so. there's, um... There was a special event that happened quite a while ago where we had a holodeck wharf that gave us the um, the season one sash and the season one outfit. I'm not sure that specific in- instance. Uh, I do know that we had wharf in before I came on the team, and it didn't look anything at all like Michael Dorn. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have anything to do with that one, but the one that does look like Michael Dorn. Uh, I did a TNG version, a DS9 version, and of course the Ambassador version for our games era. That was all Step Between Stars? Was that where he showed up? One of those, one of those Dyson Sphere missions. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. How long is it that you've actually worked for Cryptic? Oh man. I've you've been here a while now. Yeah, like uh, almost eight years, or maybe I just had yeah. my eight year anniversary. Oh, uh, cool. It hasn't been Star Trek the entire time, but I've been on Star Trek now four years four now? Four or five, yeah. Yeah, four or five. So which Did game you... was it that you worked on before then? I was on Neverwinter before that, and uh, I even spent a little bit of time on Champions way back in the day. That was my first year here. So personally, which is your favorite of the games that you've worked on? Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, they... <laughs> you on the Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, they, they all have... They all have a, a lot of aspects that I really, really love. Um, Champions had the freedom of just anything that you wanted. Whatever. You, I mean, it was <laughs> anything that you could think of, you could make for Champions, and it would fit that universe. Uh, Neverwinter is super cool because I, I used to like playing D&D when I was young, and being able to be a part of that project was great. And, and who doesn't like uh, all fantasy monsters and stuff that you get to do? Uh, Star Trek, again, I was a huge fan of TNG, and uh, I actually got in to meet some of the the celebrities from that sh- the shows, which has been amazing. Um, getting to do some of the wacky stuff for like our winter and summer events is always entertaining. 
it's it's a lot of fun and there's a uh, something great about all the projects nice my... diplomatic answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a tng fan that was definitely a picard answer wasn't it yes, yes it was <laughs> <laughs> welcome was, joe to was the actually the lead artist on for a while so he learned some of the uh the diplomatic tricks of being a lead yes <laughs> i definitely had to choose my words very carefully <laughs> Now, with it being the 50th anniversary of Star Trek what, this is? year, have you guys been doing anything to sort of celebrate the 50th, or just yourselves? Um, or have you just been sort of doing what you'd normally do, sort of attend the usual conventions or things like that? What have you been up to? I mean, I, I've attended the usual conventions, but that usual convention was the Las Vegas convention, which is... You know, it was kind of extra crazy for the 50th, so that was... Yeah, I think I heard about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was in the news. <laughs> I haven't really done anything, like, out of the ordinary for me. It's just kind of cool that it is the 50th, and, you know, I, it was cool that we got to do Agents of Yesterday, which was different than we've done before and that kind of stuff, but... Yeah, it was absolutely exciting uh, to get to work on Agents of Yesterday. I mean, uh, just... The flavor and vibe that the original series has is just so freaking precious. And being able to latch onto that and do it as best as we could uh, was absolutely fantastic. And a lot of us on the project have been like clamoring to be able to do that for a long, yeah, long, long time. Yeah, people were like giddy over the fact that we were finally doing TOS justice instead of just the you know, random time hop missions that we've done in the past, so. Yeah, I think Maria was disappointed because she just hates TOS, doesn't yes. she? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's extremely campy, but get into, like, work on, like, those uh, onesie pajamas from, like, the Babel episode and uh, the, the wacky, almost borderline S&M style swimsuit style outfits that we did for summer events. Yeah. Oh, I love God. that we finally got Nomad in the game, too. Yes. And, and <laughs> it's all canon, so, I mean... <laughs> it's fantastic. Next year, it's the Space Whale Probe! Oh, don't give them ideas like that. <laughs> no, this, me ideas? This is ideas, like, they've had since Dan Stahl. V'ger, the Space Whale Probe. It's like, the, ne the Nexus yeah. still has to come back. Eventually. Yeah, exactly. The Nexus has to come back. <laughs> or if your timeline's the Ribbon of Joy. Oh, <laughs> oh you had to bring that up. The ribbon I of thought joy, it was uh, stupid uh, when we brought it up the first time. I still think it's stupid. And yet you brought it up anyway. You did. I brought it up because it's stupid. <laughs> Moving on. I'm making fun of it. <laughs> you know, somebody out there loves it doesn't think it's stupid. <laughs> I suppose someone has to like the movie. Timelines? Now, Nick, you mentioned that you started on the new Starbase. Um, now, Sun, you had a question regarding the look of the Starbases. Did you want to ask that question? We're talking uh, K-13, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. The, the K-13 Starbase... Uh, from the pictures that we've mostly seen, we've seen a Federation interior, which uh -huh. naturally it would, would look Federation. 
Is there a Klingon variant interior? Uh, I honestly don't know. That was the interior was all done by Donnie. I don't. I mean, there's no. Um, it's not like we made a whole separate Klingon interior. You're still. Well, well um, no. What I what I mean is you you have the you have like the the toss bridge that everybody knows from the show, and then the Klingon bridge was just the same bridge, just right. repainted a different color. We, I'm saying I, they are not like separate maps. We didn't redress it that way. I think that because the fiction is not that this is now a Klingon starbase, but that you know the Klingons have found it and taken over and cleaned it up the same way that the Fets are. On the Fed side, so it's still a Fed starbase just being, you know, repurposed by the Klingon. So I don't think that we did anything major. I, I think that there's Klingon decor, maybe. Um, I wouldn't even quote me on that because I, I honestly don't know the the specifics of the interior. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. And Studog, you'd actually got um, some character-based questions. <laughs> Uh, questions about are, Joe's character. Are these like any of the questions yeah. on the forums? No oh, questions, <laughs> and I mean complaints and tirades. And... But people so, don't um, complain on the forums. What are you right. talking about? It's all it's all respectable feedback. People don't complain on the forums. What do you think this is? Neverwinter. <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah. Hit me. What are you? Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I've got this. This question is—it's sort of uh, double pronged, and okay. one one of them points towards personnel, and the other one points towards actual base and ship interiors. But it was about custom customization. So I was wondering if at any point down the line we could see the ability to customize the inside of our star base. You know, like change the colors of the carpets or the walls or something. And sorry, the the same going for um, personnel as well, like actually being able to give them your fleet uniform to wear. Mm. Well, the first part's definitely a more of a Nick question, uh, but I'll answer the the second part. Uh, it we it's hard for me to say stuff without people running with it, but uh, it is something that we have talked about. Uh, and it's something that is interesting to us. Uh, it's not out of the question of ever happening, um, but it's definitely not like at the the top of our list anytime soon. Uh-huh. And for the environment side, it's out of the question. It will never happen. <laughs> no, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. There's no plans beyond the kind of customization that you've seen already with special projects and stuff. Um, I don't think that we're going to drastically change that, you know, anytime soon. Um, I understand the desire to have more customization, but it just means a lot more time needed from environment artists and from designers to hook all of that stuff up and to make all of that stuff. So, you know, you think, oh, well, just changing the walls from green to blue should be very trivial, but that actually is probably you know a day of work from environment artists and 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 a designer. So it, it adds up very quickly when you have a lot of options. Okay. Yeah, totally. Oh, Timberwolf, did you want to take a question from the community? <laughs> yeah, let's give it a shot. Um, <laughs> Spin the wheel. <laughs> spinning, and 
We're going to Nike IX. Nike X. Nike X. Whatever. Nike 9. Nike 9. There you go. Um, one of his questions would be, whose idea was it for the sun-baked, cracked mud texture seen in the 31st century ships and temporal defense initiative armor? <laughs> that question Wait, went back. Joe and I were looking at each other like, I thought that was a question at first, and then it seemed like it was a ship question, and then it ended up sounding like it was armor. for a character. So is this on armor, on characters? Armor on the ground and the ships themselves. Armor on the ground and the ships. But, but not on ground, ground characters. characters. On ground characters? Yes. Which armor? <laughs> yes. Which armor? The, te- the new, the new well, reputation, I, I the think, temporal defense. I think this is going. I think this is more of a on the on the ship. Uh, the yeah. Little the, the console stuff for the ship, and then the armor set for you. So so ships are not either of us. Ships are another team. Um, that's Thomas the Cat and Ian Jam Jams and Mauricio. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually familiar with. I mean, it's not. It's not ringing any bells with what that might be. And as for the armor, it doesn't sound like an armor set that I did either. So that may be uh, Ian, one of his sets. Uh, as for whose idea it was, uh, you know. It's definitely Joe's. That was all Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's sort of like a development. Uh, ideas like that can come from anywhere. Uh, uh, so blame Gecko because he finally moved it. <laughs> Well, it can come from the concept artist, uh, it can come from the art lead, it can come from character artists, it can come from whoever. It can come from design, design if they it have can, absolutely. they want something to look, yeah. Uh, during the kickoff, and so uh, sometimes, too, when you're playing with multiple concepts, there's something in there, and then it, it somebody likes it, and it gets incorporated. But yeah, I don't know specifically on that question. Sorry. That's fine. I guess we could Google it. I'm looking at a picture of, of the Wells class with the shielding from the, the Temporal Initiative What's set. The, forget the ship, because neither of us are ship guys. What's the ground right. set called? It's the Temple Defense Initiative armor. I'm going to be embarrassed if this is one of my <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's, it could very well be yours and it's just yeah. being described weird or like things change names on us. Like I'll make, I'll make a map and I know all of the map names, but then you guys all refer to them as the missions, you know, Oh, it's the, the map from that one mission. I have no idea what the mission names were because the mission names were implemented at the last moment by design. So like I know the map name, but not the mission name. Yeah. Do you probably know the armor yeah. as armor underscore oh, seven, shit. three, four. <laughs> So another thing, like uh, like Nick is kind of getting at too, uh, we often do this stuff like far in advance of getting shipped uh, or releasing. Yeah. And so at that time too, we often have placeholder names, and so we aren't privy often to the final decided upon design name. And it's not that anybody is tr- is withholding it. It's just we've already moved on and we're not thinking about it anymore. So there's yeah. no need for us to know it. So uh, I think they're, they're talking the, about what's the, on the butt, the textured pattern on the uh, on the armor set. It's uh, weathered yeah. leather. It kind <laughs> of is. Uh, that came from the concept for the ships initially, which uh, Hector Ortiz did, and uh, the design for the armor was based a lot on that. And so he did the concept for it, and he had a little call-out for that material. 
And so then I just made it look as close as I could to the concept. Sun-baked cracked mud. It's weathered leather, people. <laughs> it is It is a little bit cracked muddy, though. I mean, it's got the... It, it's much bigger um, nodes or whatever than leather ever has, unless this is, you know, some space it's elephant. Alien. Space it's, elephant it's reptile leather. leather. It's exactly. Alien reptile. <laughs> See, this Zindy is what leather. they did with all the descenders for, for the Gorn Civil War. They skinned the starships. So, I think we nailed that question. What's the Absolutely. Next <laughs> <laughs> now, we have a question from um, I think that's uh, Pneumonia UT01 um, who's got a question for Joe. Um, they say, back in July, you posted a link to some images featuring the new TOS-era KDF costumes for all the various species of that faction. And they want to know what the status is of those costumes, and were they ever intended to be brought out into the game for players to use? And if uh, so, do you have an ETA? Uh, I remember putting out some shots of different TOS factions they weren't we didn't tie them necessarily to klingon faction i mean we had tos era klingons there was a i did a screenshot with all klingons uh there was tos romulans and i did a screenshot with all the romulans there's tos orion all orion um and we have i want to say released a lot of the klingon specific stuff to the Klingon faction uh, after you play through the, the TOS missions. Could be wrong on that though. Um, as for them being released, uh, there's been a lot of internal discussion on to how best to go about that uh, to make it fit with our story arc, to make it fit with our species because in order for the different factions and different species, there is a lot of data set up to get that stuff working properly. Uh, so at this moment, what's currently out there is what's out there. Uh, no plans on releasing all of it, most likely though, uh, unless we maybe revisit TOS era stuff a little more in depth or anything or something like that. We're gonna see it as beachware. <laughs> so that you know what that's not uh, out of the question that's for sure a lot of that stuff would be absolutely appropriate for beachware Dan, did you want to take another question from the community uh yes and I, I just want to I want to set the record straight because you butchered that name it's Phenomenot 01 okay <laughs> okay I figured you were going to go, oh, okay, that's how you say it. Well, I butcher names, it's what I do. <laughs> well, it took us, what, three weeks for, for you to say Triconderoga? I think it's a lot longer than that. <laughs> More like three months, I think. I finally got it on the last week after we said, it's been and gone, and people were there. Anyway, <laughs> do you have a question? Well, a lot of the questions that I want to ask for Jojig are, are is the one that he's already answered already. Ah! 
no. What's your favorite character NPC? Well, oh. you've already said. Yeah, probably were. I, I've got other favorites, so can I have more than one? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, one, of, one of my other favorites, I think the first two that I started on the project was uh, I got to work on the winter event, and I made gingerbread versions of Those mo most of the yeah. main species, and that was quite hilarious. And You uh, should have been at the, yeah, it, it, you guys would have loved being at the, the team meeting, our Monday morning <laughs> team meeting when... Joe first showed the gingerbread Andorian, and everyone lost their minds. No, it was a, <laughs> it was the Orion. It was an Orion. Yeah. I changed into the female gingerbread Orion and started dancing. And, <laughs> um, no, but I, I've gotten to work on a lot of cool, fun stuff. The, uh, of course, the winter event and the summer event are pretty memorable because they're so funny. Uh, last winter, I did the uh, the snowman Borg. Uh, and that was like my idea. We were just gonna have like another snowman fight or something. Two winters ago. That was two years. Two winters ago. Yeah. Dang it! Time is going by so fast. Um, and we got another winter event coming up. Can't talk about yes. it, but it's gonna be really cool. It will. Welcome yep. to the gingerbread homestead. <laughs> yes. Uh, the hula shirts I, I did, and I was very pleased and happy with those. Um, you are not NPCs. You, you, Those wait, are not you did, you did, you did the hula, You did the hula shirts? I did, yeah. Channeling your inner Tom Paris, huh? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Channeling his I inner did, Maria, really. I did ch chest hair. <laughs> I added chest hair for the, for the dudes as well. All because of those hula shirts. I thought they were incomplete without the chest hair. Uh, favorite NPCs? You know, I like doing a lot of the celebrities. Like trying to catch their likeness. Uh, and then I actually got to show Chase Masterson, like her uh, her textures for her face, which are really creepy, flattened out on the computer, <laughs> which does look very disturbing. And uh, her response was kind of like, "That's me." For <laughs> uh, oh, those of you who don't know, think if if you could imagine a digital serial killer that has removed the face from someone and stretched it into a square. Yes. That's what Joe paints before it goes into the 3D yeah. model. And it looks really creepy. And then also I had quite an extension collection, extensive collection of reference pics uh, in a folder, which I got to show her that as well. So it doesn't look very stalker at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it's just like, yeah, please don't um, guess a order from the courts to <laughs> right you know I didn't get to see her the next time she came by <laughs> I just, we, yeah I'll, I'll come down to the off. studios but there is that one guy will he be there no I've actually seen her at a couple other conventions and she does a she does talks a lot of, uh, to help you know, benefit society. Uh, check her out on Facebook, and you can track down some of that stuff. Um, yeah, we did the whole anti-bullying uh, campaign. Yes, that's um, right. She's very active in a lot of different things, and yeah, I've actually seen her at a couple other conventions since then, and she's she's remembered me, which yeah. I thought was super cool. She's super sweet. Uh, yeah. And so. so, did you go also fanboy? <gasps> uh, or did I, you manage to keep it together? <laughs> I, I try to keep a poker face and. That's <laughs> all good. Uh, Timbo, did you want to pick a question? Yes, I have one from Twitter. And it is from Primer13. And he's wanting to know, 
Will there be any automatic lighting improvements to foundry base maps when 3.5 launches? Or will manual dev updates be required? Any lighting-based improvements to, to foundry? Is that the question? Yes. I honestly don't know. I mean, the lighting code will be there. Um, so lights coming from like stars in space maps will work. I don't know. Yeah, so all of like the exterior sky file lighting or backdrop lighting will function the new way, but I don't know how you guys are going to do like probing and stuff. That's a that's an interesting question that I haven't discussed with graphics yet. Uh, I will bring that up. All right, we will say coming soon trademark patent pending. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dog. Yes, uh, my next question comes from Angry Bob on the forums, and it's a question and a compliment. Okay. So I'll hit, you with the, I'll hit you with a compliment first, and then you can okay. answer the question, and then get the Angry Bob. So his compliment is that Stowe is really quite beautiful on most mat. Keep up the good work. So that's a good compliment. I like that. It's actually very there? similar to... Um, let's, let's stop there and go to the next question. <laughs> yeah, Alex, Alex Wonder in our um, Twitch chat also said something similar. said, Stowe may have many issues, but art, no matter what kind of art, is not among them. Nice. Okay, so yes. the question is that... Um, is the FPS drop on places like New Romulus or Risa an art problem or something else? I understand many people on Tribble like the lighting changes, but none have said anything about any type of FPS changes. Does the new lighting have an impact on this? Um, actually, somebody has said things about FPS changes. If you go to the Tribble um, forums, I don't, it's not the announcement, whatever the general Tribble forums are, there's somebody that made a, um, was doing comparisons between various maps on Live and on Tribble. Um, and found that it was actually performing better on triple, and I don't know. Right. Um, so, so let's back up. There's the new lighting changes. Don't think of it as just this is more expensive lighting. Oh my god, my computer can't handle it. Whatever. Um, it it's very dependent on what video card you're running and what what DirectX level you're capable of. Uh, for many cards. That have existed it's not that we're suddenly making things worse we're simply turning on features that we didn't we weren't accessing before and it, and it will actually run comparably if not better on many of those cards if you have older cards um, the idea is that you'll be able to switch off DirectX 11 go back to DirectX 9 and see lighting and everything the same way that you see it now so don't freak out about performance just because there's new lighting coming it should everything should be fine I, you know should is always in quotes and all of that that entails um i missed what was the other part of the question <laughs> um is, yes my brain he, he mentions uh performance he says i like many with the fps drop-off problem run a mid to oh. high-end computer that should run the game at or above 60 FPS at all times, and he asks if anything is being done to resolve this. So, I mean, it's really hard for me to know without looking at your computer and what your settings are and what your card is and all of that. 
you know, to just say, well, this is what it should be running. He mentioned New Romulus and Ryza. Is it an art problem or is it something else? Um, yes, it is all of the above. Uh, with big exterior maps like New Romulus and Ryza, you're drawing a lot of stuff, generally for a long distance, and all of that, because it's all drawing at once, and because there's no real way to hide it, because you're just standing out in the open, and you're potentially on top of a mountain and seeing over the entire map, um, all, since all of that stuff is drawing, it, it all costs something to draw, so it takes a while and can slow things down. If you're on a small interior map that literally just has a room or two, clearly there is just less stuff to draw, so it takes less time, and therefore mm. it runs better. Um, so yes, it's, it's an art problem, because... You know, it's art that is probably dragging you down on a large map, but at the same time, is that really an art problem or is that a design problem? Maybe it's a problem that we made a map that big or that we let you see that far or um, what have you. Uh, there's also, you know, there are improvements that can always be made to um, the rendering pipeline. So maybe it's not an art problem. Maybe your particular pro uh, card has a problem with uh, or is is not as fast at drawing a particular post-processing effect that we're using a bunch in map X, Y, or Z. So there's infinite combinations of, I mean, <laughs> infinite diversity and infinite combinations of <laughs> problems and how things fit together and what can break and what causes things to slow down. We will do our best to mitigate, you know, the big causes, the most common causes and, and things. And we did that recently with Ryza, um, I did a pass on Ryza to because people were reporting that it was very slow, um, and it turned out that some very small piece of grass that you can see at your feet was was continuing to draw all over the map uh, at distances where it became smaller than a pixel. And clearly, there's no need to draw something that is smaller than a pixel, and especially all of these little grass cards everywhere. So we brought its draw distance in significantly so that. Really, it only draws to, you know, 30 feet away from you and then disappears because you can't even see it at that point anyway. Um, and that kind of stuff is definitely an art-related issue that we can handle and can look at and can fix, hopefully. But, but to say that any given map is this problem or that problem is really doing a disservice because everything is a mix of everything. Is that hopefully get at what people were asking? Yeah. Yay, the FPS is better! <laughs> <laughs> just ignore everything and go yay you fixed it yeah yay now from speaking to developers before we know that you guys will sometimes play around with things and then sort of take it to the higher ups saying I'd like to sort of do this and sort of show examples have you two ever sort of created something and taken it to the higher ups and then they've gone no and if so, can you give us sort of an inkling on what it was? Deep Space Nine. Uh, I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a lot of us have ideas, and uh, we're a very creative team, and a lot of passion for the project. And uh, absolutely, sometimes though, you know, it's not because it's a dumb idea; it's just the resources that it would take to yeah. do are just crazy uh or too big for our team yeah at, at this time um so so i can think of a couple things but uh, i can't 
discuss them in, on the off chance that they do actually get to come? Oh, I, I can discuss one of mine. Yeah, go for it. Um, so you all know that we've rebuilt ESD a couple years ago now. Um, that started with me making a giant Word document and white box level of a proposal of how to rebuild ESD. And my idea was clearly way out of scope. And that's okay because what we ended up with, I think, is still good. It's just that it wasn't necessarily, you know, exactly what I presented, right? And what I presented was nuts. So uh, a lot of times you kind of, you know, aim for the stars to land on the moon kind of thing, right? So you, you, you pitch something a lot bigger than you think is possible so that you can pull elements out of it and end up with something that is, you know, the concentrate of the original. Repeating the uh, gingerbread, I, I could be misremembering, it's been so long, but I think that was a case where I brought something to the higher-ups and like had like a real quick test example to show them, and that one got approved. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody was stoked about that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I can't think of... I know I've been shot down many, many times. Yep, it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the key I, is not to be discouraged by being shot down. Right. Exactly. Now, we've had, of course, um, some other questions from the community. Um, Sunseal, have you got another one you'd like to ask? Okay, so Steelman1 asks, will there be more uniforms released for the Romulan and Klingon players? I would think so. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Gonna... Uh, that was a solid first yes. So, <laughs> Romulan and Klingon specific, uh, it, it just takes a lot of extra resources if we are doing for every faction. Uh, I mean, obviously it triples the work, uh, but it seems like that is something that has been done not that, that long ago. Uh, our team size has gotten a little bit smaller though, uh, and we've had to make things a little more efficiently. So the idea of tripling every uniform uh, hasn't been an option, but that's not to say that it won't be an option in the future. Oh, there you go. Yes, I have one for Joe. And okay. it's from the Phenomenot. Phenomenot. All right. <laughs> uh, Are we pronouncing it correctly? You mean Phenomena T... What was it? <laughs> Phenomena UT01. Yeah, Phenomena yes. UT01. Phenomena. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, his oh, that's not now. what you said. You said pneumonia no. <laughs> Did I? No, I can't Ooh, we're going to call him pneumonia, pneumonia now. Okay, the question is from pneumonia. Okay. Yeah. It's the British way of saying it. Yeah, yeah pneumonia. <laughs> it's a sickly way. Um, <laughs> any word on what's holding up the original series Gorn options that have been unavailable since Agents of Yesterday launch? Uh, again, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, getting all of those parts to work properly with the species uh, and player unlocks uh, is very compli complicated and Gorn are especially complicated. Uh, they're always kind of a painful one-off every time we make a uniform, even if it's not Gorn specific. Uh, so we do recognize that there's a lot of desire for all those and uh, we would like to 
uh, release as much as we can on that. Uh, it was built to, to work with the existing assets. So that is something that we want to, to have available. All right. Do. Yes. Um, the next question comes up from, is it Nike9? Is that what we worked out his name is? <laughs> I think it's Nike9. That's what I've always thought. But... Nike9 sounds cool. We'll roll with that. Um, <laughs> yes. So his question for Joe is, which low-by-store costume do you think we should take a closer look at because it's really cool? That is an extremely good question, and you guys are going to hate me because I don't actually know where a lot of my outfits yeah, end up true. that I make. <laughs> sometimes they're lockbox, sometimes they're low buy. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know where a lot of this stuff ends up. And in fact, when I'm tasked with it, honestly, a lot of times they aren't sure exactly where they're going to be distributing yeah, it's, it. It's at that make point. a costume, we'll figure out where to put it, or yeah. how to group it, or what what to put it in or any of that kind of stuff the same yeah uh one of my favorite costumes that i have done uh hasn't been released yet and uh <laughs> i'm hoping that we actually get to make it for player uh player usage as well uh, but you guys will see it fairly soon i think it's got some cool features on it so he when actually you see... made the rocketeer outfit <laughs> I was going to say, when you say soon, do you mean on the the release it, on the 25th? Soon is always relative. No, <laughs> it, not that soon. <laughs> no, no, he's talking about the uh, the next uh, story arc. Yes. The one that we absolutely know nothing about because we didn't get any information this week about it at all whatsoever. I'm not sure what information you guys got this week. There was one announcement for Artifacts. Yeah. Is that what you guys are talking about? No, it's not that. Anyways, you guys can invite me back and I'll tell you one day. It's probably a list of low bike costumes online. What's that? It's probably a list of low bike costumes online someplace. Oh. Well, you guys can Still go wiki? on. If, if, we, uh, <laughs> if I come up with a good answer, I'll, I'll go back to it. Now, this is probably a question more for somebody else. But <laughs> Someone else. Phenomena UT01 um, <laughs> has said, question for Taco. Since the chances of a revamp to the ship interior system is a long shot, at the very least, would it be possible to increase the number of players you can invite to your bridge instance for larger role-playing gatherings? Um, could an option be created to remove the boffs from the seats on the bridges so that players could sit in those seats for the purposes of role-play? That's an interesting question. I don't. What's the current limit? I don't even know. I didn't know there invite, was a limit. Invite limit is. I want to see it's fifty, but I don't know where I got yeah, those numbers like from. People already they have on your bridge, but. Um, um, so I don't know. Not knowing the limit, I'm not sure. But that's that's really more of a design question anyway. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that would impose the limit on the map, and are also who would. Res um, who would be responsible for um, offs and where they sit and all of that. Um, I don't know. We might be able to make a button or something that says, you know, get rid of all my boffs, but I, that's, yeah, we'd have to work with design for that. So, uh, so, eh, sorry. Don't know. Um, now, Deep Space Nine is, of course, one of these things that 
always comes up. Um, people, I suppose, in a way, just want to know: is it still being worked on? Uh, it has. It is not being worked on currently. It is still on the docket at some point, um, but it is not being built. I mean, basically, it has. It has been touched since I was moved off of it shortly after last year's convention. I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Still, still planned. Still, people still talk about it. Yeah, oh, to have the sick they actually across from Cork's bar. Uh, <laughs> sure, I guess. I'm, you know, I'm just going to make everything 40 feet tall and uh, none of the doors will open. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. As for the uh, low-buy question, I did a quick image search. Uh, I'm not 100% sure this is in the low-buy store, but the retro swimsuits. Yeah, the AOI swimsuits, the... the <laughs> Um, gamesters of Triskelion outfits. It sounds oh, like yeah. you're just speaking foreign language. Gamesters of Triskelion. I bet 400 quatloos on the new cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> based on the, uh, the little strappy Buck deal Roger that, silver underwear that's that right. Kirk is wearing. <laughs> yes. Silver underwear. And the, the fancy pink glowy collar. And then, of course, that fancy shimmery silver uh bathing suit that the girl has. God, you go back and watch TOS, you realize there was a lot of subtle BDSM there. Yes. Well, not to mention that he he slaps her across the face and then kisses her. <laughs> he Just does, like Sean Connery James Bond. Wait, is it the other way around? Doesn't he kiss her and then... Oh yeah, it might be the other way around, but right, yeah. <laughs> the other way would be wrong. That's, I'm sorry, forgive me. <laughs> This is going to make it feel better. Ah, we have a dragon. Hello. 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 Now, we've got um, another question from Nick E-I-X. <laughs> God. <laughs> Let's just break it down in syllables, bro. <laughs> oh, sorry. Had to. Um... What's 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 them what's them fancy moccasins say? Nikkei? What's what's that <laughs> supposed to mean? <laughs> now, this is this is a question coming from uh, Midi Knight. Shadeau. Shadeau decay. Shadeau Sven. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they ask how many targs, goats, etc. Do I have to sacrifice to get extra long gloves for the Stowe character creator, similar to those seen in Champions Online? Extra long gloves, like like elbow length, like uh, evening ball gloves, or yeah, you know those really tall toss boots in glove sure. form. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know if, if there's anything from the show. And, and we make that, uh, it'll come in then. Uh, and if it is appropriate in our, our concept, uh, for whatever reason, for any new unique stuff to STL, um, that's when it'd come in. Uh, we typically, we don't often make like just one-off items without there being like a cohesive yeah. look. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's not out of the question. Uh, we have made like those thigh high boots for Romulans, male and female, uh, and that's all part of just the concept. And of course, there's plenty of stuff like that in TOS. Uh, so yeah. Okay. 
Unseal, did you want to take another question from the community? Yeah, sure. There was a question from Mark Hockman on Twitter. Weekend has K-13 in Foundry. Mark, go poke Maria. These are the wrong people to ask. No, I'm, I'm actually the right people to ask for. Well, it depends on, okay. Depends on what you're asking for. Uh, if you're asking for, like, a critter to place or a map to make it in, that's probably Maria. If you're asking for the asset to use um, either in space or on ground, that's probably me. Uh, I have just been, unfortunately, very um, lazy and lacking in my boundary submissions uh, lately, and lately as in the last year, I think, and I apologize to Foundry authors for that. I, I keep telling them I have a, a raft of objects that I keep meaning to make, uh, to put in, and I just haven't found the time to finish it off yet. So, um, I'll say Too what busy I always say. NPCs. If, if and when I find more time, I will gladly finish that off and get that out to you guys, because I, I know that that has stuff going back from the beginning of Agents of Yesterday and, and before, so... Yeah, well, you've been busy. Just all that trolling in the forums, just it just <laughs> eats up on your time. <laughs> Timberwolf, did you want to take another question? Yeah, let's see what we got left. Let's see here. Oh, it's the bottom. No, no, I got a good one here. I got a good one. Um, Nike. We're gonna cut off the rest of it. Nike. Um. Is it going to be possible, ever, for older reputation armor sets, like the Mako or Counter Command on you know the ground armor sets, to be folded into a more general uniform option, be mix and ma- mixed and matched with other parts of the reputations? So be able to have, let's say, the Counter Command chest, but the Mako helmet kind of deal. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, that's something that's... That's another thing that we have talked about internally, and uh, there's a lot of interest internally to, to do that, to essentially make an armor category uh, for exactly that purpose. A lot of the parts, though, uh, weren't built with that in mind, and so then there's major clipping issues uh, and or like missing body parts if you are to do that. So. We'd have to clean up a lot of that to get that conformed and working well. But it is something that we have a desire to do very strongly. Someone needs uh, to make a, char- a Klingon character called Major Clipping because that's that's pretty perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Klingon I stuff have, off. Uh, Klingon I stuff have, off. Uh, stealing my ideas, damn it. <laughs> I have a sub question to add to that. Then, uh, when are we going to see the Mako Armor's uh, color palette expand? Because for the longest time, I've actually wanted to have the black armor and the yellow striping like is on all of the um, hologram officers on Facility 4028. Sure. Uh, That's also another request that has come up over and over and over again is expanding the color palettes to not just that piece, but many, many pieces. Uh, And it's something that we would like to just give our largest color palette to pretty much everything. Uh, and if you notice, a lot of our newer items are actually using our broadest color palettes now. Um, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I had noticed. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, retroactively changing the other ones cause a, a ton of errors to throw up. Uh, sorry, phrase that really Barf. strangely. <laughs> 
it causes a ton of errors to get <laughs> to, 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 to get be thrown up. To yeah. get yeah, flagged. Flagged. Coding issues. Anyways, yeah, some coding issues. Tons of errors, and it is not an easy fix. Uh, we are looking at ways to potentially like automate some of that, uh, and then we'd be able to then expand the palettes on everything. I shouldn't say everything, but a lot. <laughs> you heard yeah, it here, folks. Quote me directly. <laughs> Please post it on the forums on Twitter. <laughs> so, Stu Dog, do you want to take one more question from the community? Yep, yeah, I'm going to take another one from Phenomenato One. <laughs> da, 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 da. And so many good questions. He says. On the subject of bridges, interior, social zones, it has been said that most of these types of locations aren't used very often because there's very little to do. What are the possibilities of making some small changes to them to make them more useful? E.g. calling up the emergency medical hologram in sickbay to heal your wounds and gain small buffs to resistances and hit points? Um, I guess, so, those kind of things are certainly possible. Um, that's probably a design thing more than an environment thing. But uh-huh. in general, um, my personal feeling on interiors is, yes, they are un- underused and underserved by us. I would rather, rather than making small quality of life improvements like that, I would rather devote a season or something to them and actually come up with something good to do with them and, and revamp the whole system rather than trying to piecemeal things out. Um, I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but I hope that it will. Um, I've certainly brought that up. That's another <laughs> example of an idea uh-huh. brought to the higher-ups. Yes, exactly. And shut, not, not even necessarily shot down, but just, you know, well, that's not, not the cards right now. That's not, you know, we have this planned out and whatever. And so... No, they were quite mean to you and put you in a corner. That's true. I was locked in a cage for that for a little while. Um, <laughs> you hear that no, guys but, Taco wanted to take a whole season and fix all the bugs they said no and put right. him in a corner <laughs> Salami Inferno, Inferno beat, me, beat me down and put me in the cage no, um, no he's a very <laughs> nice guy uh, and he wants all of these things too it's just a matter of you know we can't do all of them at once and we, we still have to be able to you know support ourselves and make money and do all of that stuff and you know, so there's there's always a plan, and it's a matter of trying to work within the plan. So, yeah, maybe it won't be a season, but maybe we have a chance where oh, we're doing this one thing that is heavily reliant on some some interiors that we already have, and we can you know leverage that into making changes. I, none of that is on the on the table at the moment, but just hypothetically how things work. So, um, you know, I, I will continue pushing for doing a, an interior revamp at some point, but I don't know when and uh-huh. if that will happen. And I, I would still prefer waiting for that kind of revamp than to to try and do little little fixes like that along the way because it's such a. I, I don't know if people understand this how these work, but like every interior is a, is essentially a different map, and so. You say, oh, we'll just put the, the medical hologram interact, you know, in the sick bay. Well, that's great, except that we have to do that 47 times or whatever it is, however many different interiors we have, you know. And so that adds up very quickly and, and gets to be very problematic. So um, I'd rather, like I said, do, do a big revamp where we simplify that and then 
have a method by which we can deliver that um, to all of those things simultaneously. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's like got... a, a major maintenance revamp sort of thing. Yeah. You mean and, like lighting changes? Right, and, and I will say, you know, for, for as much as I may say that I, I don't see that in the cards right now, I did not expect us to ever redo ESD, and that happened. I didn't expect us to ever come out on console, and that happened. I didn't expect us to ever redo all of our lighting, and that happened. I mean, there's, you know, things change and things happen and fall into place a lot quicker than you expect. So I don't expect that this will happen anytime soon, but that doesn't mean that it won't ever happen. Yeah. Now, I know you guys need to head off shortly. Um, I do have three quick questions left for you. Okay. Um, first of all, if you guys were Q and could get anything into the game that you wanted, what would it be? Uh, that's an awesome question. Uh, you know, what I would love to see and like what I, what I think of on Star Trek is being on the bridge and, you know, having my adversary captain show up on the screen I want to like experience essentially bridge commander style battles like on the bridge and see like my crew on the bridge with me and see the whole thing have some camera shake and uh, while I like interact with whatever UI or whatever to get uh, all the different people to do what I need them to do whether it's transfer and energy to the shields I need a, a medic to come run over and, and help out somebody who's fallen on the bridge or something like that. I'd love to see a mission or maybe like a gameplay uh, mission type incorporated into Star Trek. So like every now and then you go to, of course you go to space, then you go to ground, and maybe every now and then you have like a bridge mission. That'd be cool. Scants! <laughs> I agree. Scans in the go go boots. We uh, need those. I mean, all of the things we've talked about, I would love to, you know, I would love to be able to set a crew uniform for my interior and have all of my crew actually show up in uniform. I'd love to rebuild DS9. I would love to, uh, you know, expand sector space in all directions and be able to have exploration. Like, there's a, a million things, and it's not, you know, just because we're devs doesn't mean that we aren't rooting for the same things that you guys are all asking for too. Just More it's, always a, it's always a master a matter of, of balancing, you know, time and money and expenditure and 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 manpower and all of that. So yeah, and I want Patrick Stewart. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Make it so. Just hanging out at our office. <laughs> 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 Now, we have, of course, got Star Trek Discovery coming in May 2017. With the information that's been released so far, what are your thoughts on the show and what are you most looking forward to or think, ooh, no? <laughs> I, I actually, um, everyone was poo-pooing the uh, ship design, but I'm actually super stoked to see Macquarie's uh, original one of McCory's original Enterprise designs, uh, you know, make it in some fashion. Um, I know that it's not a final model, and it's you know I'm sure it will be revised some. But I, I thought it was I think it's a cool design. Um, it is certainly strange. I agree with that. It doesn't 
doesn't fit, you know, the standards, but but we also don't know a whole lot about it yet. So um, I, I kind of avoid spoilers. So I'm trying to kind of keep my knowledge down a little bit, but um, I'm, I'm just excited to see where they go with it. Uh, you know, I've heard the whole, uh, I want to say multiple seasons across multiple ships or different captains or different people. Um, I, I'm excited for the uh, potential of a uh, lower deck style follow the lower crew rather than follow captain necessarily um all that stuff is going to be cool so i'm excited in general yeah uh i've also been kind of avoiding too much info on it uh but i am excited uh for star trek to be coming to the uh a series again yeah uh, i think then they get to really delve into the characters and uh some cerebral style uh stories that you can't get into too much with the movies and uh, I'm excited to, to see them get that opportunity again. Cool. So, last question. Do you guys have any questions for us? Joe, when are we getting scans? Oh, that's not for you. Shoot, never mind. I can't answer that now. <laughs> uh, to, wait, why is Earth in beta space? Why no, but that's a question for me. We're supposed to be asking questions of that. Oh. <laughs> you don't even remember that question anyway, so it doesn't matter. Answer. <laughs> Uh, what are you guys looking forward to most in, in STO? In Star Trek Online, just more missions and more stories. Um, sort of, it would be good to sort of have sort of more exploration into the game. Because um, I know a lot of people have sort of wanted that as well. Um, but yeah, it's always interesting to see sort of where things are going. But more than anything, I'm just looking forward to the time when I actually get the time to play the game properly because <laughs> sure. uh, at the moment I haven't had much <laughs> so it's just like I really want to play and something else goes wrong that I've got to fix it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah the last event was the first time that I haven't actually completed an event in Star Trek oh, Online wow. since I started playing and I was like one item away from doing the Mirror Universe thing it's like <laughs> It's like, no, <laughs> only one. <laughs> Something happened to Stowe, which means it's extended for a day, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I have to ask a question. How honest of an answer do you want? Uh, I, oh, we want real answers. Tell us, tell us your answer. It's fine. Oh, we'll boy. Well, I, I probably it's won't It's about cry. to get real up in here. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, we both yeah, read we the regularly, so... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here's the problem. I Do your worst. Do your worst. That off, so, hope you brought some popcorn, boys. Um, <laughs> as the predominant KDF player in the, in the group, um, I would like to see more KDF content, um, yeah. especially side yeah. ships not being locked behind a goddamn paywall. I'm sorry. I like my I like my KDF science too, and uh, his rather noticeable lack of having science ships to be able to fly—it's kind of an issue. I know that's not something that you guys deal with, but you know what? You asked, I answered. No, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, why we're asking is—I mean, we do interact sometimes with the rest of the team, and so we get to of course pass on information and stuff that people are looking for and just on on that tangent i will say that that one of my probably my favorite 
depiction of a Klingon ever, um, and I don't remember the name of the episode, but the Enterprise episode where they come across the Klingon scientist, like that, just seeing the, you know, the other side of Klingon warrior culture was so fascinating to me. I would love to see more of that. That's really cool. Yeah, because Enterprise was always nice because they did the thing with sort of um, the um, legal guy who's just like, yeah, we're not all warriors. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like you said, we're we're not on the ship's team, but uh, I'm also a a big fan of the Klingons, and as anybody who looks at the forums uh, probably has seen me poke in every now and then to talk about Klingon revamps and updates and stuff, and it's been kind of a pet project that I've been working on to, to improve a lot of their uh, outfit pieces and uh, even like their head structures and their forehead ridges and I mean getting pretty in-depth and detailed and tedious with a lot of the tweaks that I've been doing that a lot of people probably won't even notice but uh, it's something that I am interested in improving. Actually, I did notice the latest batch of changes that were done to the uh, to the sashes, and I actually like the uh, the top two tiers on those. They they definitely have a lot more Klingon feel to them than they did prop, uh, previously. Good. A lot of the sashes had some major clipping and stretching and squishing issues. They they were pretty rushed looking, uh, and I did try to, to smooth a lot of that stuff out. Studog, what about you? I'm really hyped up about the the K13 base. I mean, I absolutely am loving consuming this uh, TOS content that's going out right now. I can't nice. wait to see more like missions and stuff on that front. I, I will say that it was really hard to keep that quiet because once we launched AOI and people were completing all of the Agents of Yesterday missions and then ending up in the future and then and then complaining about how, oh, I just want to stay in the past. I just want to be 23rd century and all that. And we knew that we were going to repurpose K, uh, K-13 as the fleet star base, but we couldn't talk about that at all. So it's really nice to, uh-huh. be able to see people like excited for more TOS in, in the future times, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a nice idea because it's a way to bring things back to the future. The thing is, I did stop to think, is there anything else I can say no, instead of no. future? And then I thought, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nice to sort of be able to bring those things into the current timeline, and especially the way some things are sort of being sort of semi modernized as well um, to sort of work. Um, definitely a, a nice um, sort of twist to um, sort of bring things back. Yeah, true. What about you, Timberwolf? Um, I'm looking forward to artifacts because I want to know what artifacts we're picking up because you can't mention artifacts and then there not be any. Oh, they're um, awesome. But honestly, about you know, with K13 and everything, I am looking at one blog, and I have one. I have questions, and they're not directed precisely at you guys. Um, but I have questions about the blog with the Lucari because they're talking about the Lucari building a starship. And I want to know if that's going to be tied into a playable starship. And if it is, the way they described it, there might be a choice involved 
on which one we can build. But having it open-ended like that, I want to see how that plays out, even if it's an NPC, and see how the new Agency Yesterday content turns out. And of course, see all the new environments that y'all have created that you will not tell us about, because you have some sort of NDA that y'all won't talk about. <laughs> Turns out we have this aversion to being fired, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've heard about that. Cool. Well, that's good that you're looking forward to that stuff. I mean, obviously we can't talk about any specifics on it, but yeah, yeah that answers my question. I'm interested to find out what you're looking forward to. What about you, Sun Seal? Honestly, I would really like some some story expansion for both the Klingons and the Romulans. Specifically because there are so many missions that we've gone through where there are questions left unanswered. Like, who was video recording on the stuff, all the stuff on New Romulus that we picked up being on New Romulus for the Romulan reputation? Sure. Or, or what exactly was going on behind the scenes when Jim Pock was taking a poison to the face? <laughs> because if you're playing as a Klingon, he shows up at the mission briefing at the end and it's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> I can tell you that I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that we, you know, a lot of people want this story content of, you know, going forward or going back or going here or going there, but there's like all this story that exists right now in the game that is just kind of forgotten. Like what you know, what the what the hell happened to the 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 um the augment that actually escaped from facility forty twenty eight because we never captured that guy and put him back in his in his cell. Those yeah. are all potential future stories, right? That's, I mean, absolutely. Part, part of that is always the, you know, the to be continued or the, you know, leaving cliffhangers in places just so that you have places to tie back in. I don't know any, you know, I don't know any specifics of any of those or what, you know, what is planned for them, but um, that's generally where Alan Ricosa will, will find little ways to bring somebody back or tie something in someplace or they're really good about that. Yeah, they are. Uh, I think um, though too. I think though too. There's a, there's a difference between ours and a TV show because uh, this is going on for so long, and there's so so many hours of content, and you have so many different designers uh, creating their missions. That it is definitely a challenge to try and link everything up and keep it continuous. Uh, but like Nick said, they. They are pretty good at finding some like big open-ended questions and, and going back to tie those those loose ends, uh, and they have done it quite a bit in the past, and I think they will continue to do that. Yeah, because they've also done that with the TV series as well. Um, one thing that I've liked about Star Trek Online is it's, they've taken a lot of the sort of open-ended parts of the TV series, and they've continued and sort of answered those. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, hopefully one day we'll get answers to them. I mean, obviously, uh, the best way, if, if you've got, like, uh, some burning unanswered questions, uh, take it to the forums, and and uh, if there's enough people that are asking the same questions, that, that pings on their radar as stuff to, to address. 
like how did how did the sheer incompetence of everyone on earth let Sela get away? And where the hell is she? That's a big open-ended <laughs> question. Uh yeah. I don't know. Sela <laughs> is wily like that. Just don't hand her any acne products or they'll blow up in her face. Just don't hand her any Okay, well, I know you two have got to go now, so thank you both for joining us. Yeah, it's very much appreciated us, sort of taking time on your Friday afternoon to Thanks come for to staying speak up late. <laughs> yeah, for staying That's up early. Right. Or early, yeah. I was only quarter past <laughs> two. So we actually have people in our chat who's actually an hour ahead of uh, the UK. Oh, so you guys are dedicated. Wow. So, yeah, well, we've got some dedicated fans. That's awesome. Uh, thank, thank you guys you for, for playing us. our game. Yeah. It was a lot Thank you guys for you making guys. it. Yep, and we'll keep on doing so. Alright, you guys have a good night, good day, good morning. <laughs> you too. Right. Good night, lads. Farewell. Cheers. You boys have fun storming the castle. That was senior environment artist Nick Dugid, also known as Taco Fangs, and character artist Joe Jing. So we thank both of them for joining us. Um, we got to most of the questions that were submitted from the community, so hopefully all of yours were answered. Okay, on to some Star Trek Online news. So... This weekend, for those of you listening live, and depending on when I'm actually able to get it out, um, and I'm talking about the episode release, um, there's a bonus... I hope you are. <laughs> there's a bonus... Now see, ex- now see, that wasn't me this time. That wasn't me getting all nasty. That was him. <laughs> there is a bonus XP weekend for the PC version. So that is running now and will run until Monday the 3rd and that's up until 10am Pacific time. So um, yeah, head into game and you can get double skill points and expertise where you'll be rewarded 100% extra. Now this week we have actually got um, some release notes. So patch was on September 29th so out of the patch notes what have you guys thought uh, sort of resolved an issue which was causing NPCs to float in the warriors hall on Kronos (laughs) I hadn't heard about that one (laughs) I was was getting really 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 concerned with, with with all the Klingons suddenly meditating yeah, I thought I was in the wrong spot there for a while. It's like, wait a minute, is this pajam? Uh, excellent. Um, I did notice that they have put the rules of acquisition into uh, Riser. So, um, not sure where. Um, don't think that was actually mentioned, was it? I think what that means is that you can actually read the Lobi store book the textbook on Riser. Or the, if you have the golden one, you double click it and you get a, a random rule read out to you. There's an actual voice line for the for the more expensive version that is read to you. 
Masquerade is eternal. <laughs> never sleep never with sleep the boss's daughter. The... Always, Always sleep, sleep with, the with the boss. So, um, yeah, is there anything else that you guys have seen? Because, yeah, there's quite a few things. Known issue. The Toss Gorn outfit does not unlock once completing the episode Battle of Caleb 4. When are they going to fix that? I don't know. But it better be before breakfast or my flakes might get soggy. <laughs> I'm curious as to what an elite rifle is. Uh, an elite rifle? That would yeah, probably that would be, that would notes. that would probably be the um the, uh, the 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 quality in between very rare and gold the fleet version. Um, ah. you've missed the bit above because it said slight improvements to the animation of, and then it's got idle animations right. and elite rifles. So um, yeah, that's what that's related to. Okay, um, cool. They have also resolved the issue that was preventing the 23rd century Starfleet characters from getting the level up sounds and FX. So that's been one of the known um, issues that's been around for the last few weeks. Now. Yes, it has been for a little while, yes. So, um, yeah, they've also done some other little things. Um, players can now see each other's handle when it's in the private queue window. Um, they've also resolved some issues that were causing, um, I was going to say the NPCs, but um, Sunseal's already said that. Now, um, there's also some systems that have been updated. So they've corrected some icons on the sponsorship projects for um, the Terran Task Force, the Temporal Defense Initiative, and the 8472 counter command reputations. Um, they've resolved a load of character stuff um, as well. You've got clipping things that have been fixed. Um, you've got some issues to do with Romulan veteran uppers. They've added color choice to the gold version to match the color choices found in the other gold veteran versions. And they've also fixed a load of other areas other areas, other items as well. So, the link to the show notes. Um, huh. I'll get it right in a second. The link to the release notes will, of course, be in our show notes. And sort of one of the known issues about the Caleb 4 mission has been mentioned, but there's another two that have been listed. You've got the beam FX from the crafted omnidirectional beam shoots from the wrong points on a starship and the tier 5 upgrade Aquarius cannot equip the enhanced inertial dampener field so that's what is down for the known issues so far I agree with you Og that is both infuriating and hilarious Og of Skish in our chat says I wish they'd do something about all the people standing on chairs during cutscenes the Iconian showed up in surface tension and the entire Klingon High Council was stood on their chairs. <laughs> uh, someone said Captain on deck. Okay. Um, now, some of the things that we had mentioned during the interview was to do with the release of Agents of Yesterday artifacts. So this is expansion 3.5. I, I I don't know. Did uh did 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 Zombie record a thing for us? No. Aw. Okay. 
unfortunately, Zombie can't be here this week, but he he had some he had some interesting things to say, and I was like, wait, what? Me not being the single voice going, I'm skeptical about this. Doom, doom. <laughs> I equated his comments to um, him being like a spoiled little brat that just wanted, I want to know more, I don't like to have secrets, not being told things. <laughs> and then um, I, I felt he was more like Freddie Mercury. He wants it all and he wants it now. <laughs> uh, I'm possibly towards both because I want more information, damn it. Uh, yeah, but see... He did have a point. This is the first time we're getting an announcement with a release date before we know anything else about the release period. Usually yeah. those announcements don't have a release date in them, just a, this is what's coming. Yeah, I do wonder if some of this might be to do with the fact that um, with the consoles, they're trying to get it to catch up and they've got some set dates they're trying to meet. Um, so they've actually got some dates put in. Um, or it could just be, usually they've got stuff to do still, and the date is still in a flexible sort of, like, this is the date. But if they've actually got a lot of the stuff done, where it's in a sort of a releasable um, state that they can say, right, we can definitely do this date, which is why we actually have it this time. So it could be one of many reasons, or it could just be usually they do an announcement and the first thing people go on about, well, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? <laughs> so who knows? But it's nice that we do have a date, because, yeah, that is one thing that's always, oh, well, when's it coming? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for your first point, that... Yeah, I just, I, I completely ignored that. There is no way that the console version and the PC version will always be on the same level. There just won't. Oh, no, no. I didn't mean that they would be. I know they're trying to get it to catch up to be as close to the PC as possible. But yeah, they will always be behind no matter what. It's never going to be right. It's released for PC and console at the same time. So it's just I know they're trying to get that done. So I'm just wondering if with the work they've been doing, they've actually got a release schedule and they've got certain things done because of that. So it's in a release schedule, which is more maintainable. Um, I don't know. As I said, uh, that's... Well, see, that's, but see, that's the thing from other from I don't know how Cryptic does it with Neverwinter, but from how a lot of other um companies that I've seen that do the the dual thing for console and PC, it's usually a we release it to PC we wait a month so we can fix any of the bugs that are on it and then we ship all of those fixed issues into certification for the console oh, Alex So what you're saying is the PC users are the experimental bunny rabbits Guinea pigs, yes well, it's also the easiest to release because they're in control of the release, whereas they're not... It's also the not... quickest to update. Yeah. Also, if there is a problem, they can roll out or stop something immediately, whereas with the consoles, they can't do that. But, um, yeah. 
basically we have been told that artifacts is coming on october 25th so artifacts is an update to the, the most recent expansion so it will be a brand new episode and story arc that will carry Stowe into next year. So hopefully this means we're going to go back to getting a new episode once a month. Um, like we saw last year. Because um, I thought that was good. Um, so they're continuing the TOS, the original um, series, um theme with as we mentioned the new fleet holding which is starbase k13 now i don't remember if i ever said this on the show after after the agents of yesterday thing launched but when i played that mission the first thought that ran through my head at the end of that mission was that's going to be our new fleet holding and i didn't i don't remember if i said anything or not i just like Oh, we're going to mysteriously vanish this thing in time. Okay, yeah, that's coming back at some point. Yeah, I did wonder the same myself, but no, I don't recall you saying that on the show. But um, but yeah, um, they have said that the newest update begins a brand new story arc and will start an adventure that runs through um, 2017. Captains will be reunited with the Lucari as we mentioned in the interview um oh and the uh, spoilers they say that um they go into just reminding people who the lakari were um that they're originally introduced in season 11 they were walk capable and that um and we're getting more flipping engineering consoles <laughs> wait 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 well okay well well but back up back up a minute when we say warp capable, yes and no. Yeah, it, they were warp capable to the point that they were able to put a warp engine that they had gotten from the Ferengi on a probe. They were not warp capable in the fact that they were kind of homesteaders. They stayed pretty much in their space, and when their star decided to do things, that's when they felt they needed to seek help, but they weren't going to ask the Ferengi, because it's the Ferengi that introduced them to the universe. It's like, uh, and that would taint anybody's perspective. Like a Harrier jump jet landing next to the Wright brothers sort of thing. Hey guys, you got, you've got a plane as well. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where things um, go from there. It's another one of these sort of threads that were started and never really got resolved. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, they have actually mentioned um, that they will discover the joys of exploration and the dangers of, un of unknown space and begin to unravel a mystery that will have long-lasting consequences. Now, it mentions unknown space and exploration, but w and that we will accompany the Lakari. Is the ship going to be called the Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> it's a <laughs> secret the, mission in uncharted space. <laughs> but of course, the question is, is this a mission of exploration and unknown space for the Lakari or for us as the player. 
Of course. Of course. For, yeah. for, yes. I agree. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how that sort of works out. Of course, I'm sure for most players, we would like it that it was for the player rather than just the Lakari, because one of the things they'd been talking about is that we would be seeing some more exploration. Season 11, the return to exploration. Yeah, where? When? Oh, you mean uh, an expansion and a half later? We explored time. We went to the future. We didn't explore time. We were dragged through it. I suppose I mean, that's true. I mean, when did we ever just up and decide, hey, you know what I'd like to go and do? I'd like to go back to the the start of the Federation on my own initiative, not because it's some integral plot point that I need to be drug into. Um, Greetings, in- I'm the captain of the Bastak, and I've forgotten all about the Temporal Prime Directive. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? In chat, Ogov Skish has actually said in Sunrise, the Lakari system was listed as an unexplored system, even though it was in the Alpha Quadrant and not very far out the way. Um, what I would say to that is, of course, space is vast. And there's still plenty of things that, even though it was local, may not have been sort of explored, or it could have been unexplored as far of as far as there was well, nothing remember- there to see, or it was they weren't to the required well, level to be part of the federation or in discussions. Let's, it's not even that. If you remember the if you remember the dialogue from that episode. If you're playing on the Federation, I, I I don't I don't remember exactly from the Klingon side, but if you're playing from the Federation's perspective, the the, the Federation characters quite literally go out of their way to say, "Look, we've scanned this system like half a dozen times. We never detected any life. We never thought life could exist on a moon because that's that's you know their planet, their home planet is a moon around another planet." Hmm, I forgot. I don't remember that being. The thing they must have missed that somehow. So, so they weren't they you know you know the Federation wasn't even scanning for life on the moons. They were scanning for life on the planets. Yeah, but um, yeah, Alex has said players will accompany. So I guess we tag along for a while. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Um, so as always, we will have to wait to find out. Um, the blog goes on to say Agents of Yesterday Artifacts um, also includes the return of Starbase K-13, which was lost during Agents of Yesterday, a temporal anomaly. This space station will be available to all fleets and it will be a original series themed holding. In addition to our new story episode and this amazing new fleet holding, the update will feature upgraded lighting and graphics designed to improve the overall visual quality of the game. Again, this was some of the stuff that was mentioned in the interview. And of course, it then just goes on to say the modern lightning, lightning, lighting technologies recently debuted with Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Because they had to, to meet the graphic standards for the Xbox and the PlayStation yeah. And um, because this is obviously an update to the expansion, 
I am wondering whether or not this is why we actually have a date because we know they've been working on the integration for a while and it wasn't ready for the original launch of Agents of Yesterday. So I am wondering whether or not that was set as a target date because of the system update because they need to get that sorted in game before things like the Christmas event and things like that that are coming up. So I'm wondering if that was given as a date because of a lot of these events that are going on. So it's just like, right, this is the date we've got to meet. We're putting the resources to make sure we meet this date, which is why this time on the first announcement, we get a date of October 25th, which as has been mentioned, we don't usually get a date straight away. It's just like, this is coming soon sort of thing. So, but yeah, October 25th isn't that far away. It's what, three and a half weeks? It's less than a month away now. Yeah. So, so yeah. And as Zombie sort of pointed out, there is not much in the way of detail here. We know we've got a new story arc coming. We know we're getting a new featured episode. We know we're getting a new fleet holding, but... There's a lot of information that is missing, which of course will be coming out in other blogs um, from tweets from the community team. We know that there are lots getting set up. Of course, that number is of course duplicated when it comes to blogs being actually created for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One at the same time. But yeah, there's still a high number of blogs that have been paired from what's being said. Now, see, the interesting thing is we actually know more right now about K-13. As far as the blogs go, we know more right now about K-13 than we do anything for this new arc. And that's, you know, and, and the K-13 stuff, we haven't, you know, we haven't even really gotten into the nitty-gritty of all the stuff that's coming in and what all that stuff actually does and their stats and all that. We just have more bare information about K-13 than, than even this whole announcement of the season update. But then K-13 we have actually seen before, and yeah, it's not something... Basically, K-13 is then just K-13. It's another fleet holding. There's not much in the way of information around it apart from sort of what's coming in it and what stages things will be unlocked and how they will be unlocked. So there's not much to an announcement of a fleet holding as such. Whereas a lot of the information around what is coming with regards to the story arc and the missions and other aspects of this update, there is a lot more to it and that will be over a lot more blocks. So I can see why we do know more about K-13 than we do anything else. But um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, but sort of, as I've mentioned, it's just, for me, time. I'm looking forward to finally being able to get some time to be in game. I know because of half term um, with my son, I do have some time off near the end of October. So um, yeah, with any luck... Um, I'll actually um, be able to, to play it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, time will tell. I've still got a lot of stuff to sort of catch up on at the moment. Now, 
we have mentioned in the interview about Tribble. Um, I think it was actually Timberwolf you'd mentioned that you'd been on um, Tribble. Yeah, I have been a few times now. And Studog, have you actually been on Tribble as well? I didn't get any further than the loading screen. It made my computer crash out because of DirectX. Okay, now some of the new features that have been released, and that was Wednesday, I think it was. Um, it actually includes K13, so if you want to go have a look. Um, there's also a kit revamp that's coming. Now, kits and kit modules have been changed. So kit modules um, are now going to be equipped. I think it's more like we have the consoles, isn't it? From the way things sounded. Yeah, the, the way it's translated on Tribble is um, currently in order to have any of your kit modules equipped, you have to have a kit frame. Now they're interdependent of one they're they're independent of one another. So you can put all your modules on your character and not have a kit frame. Because in the new system, the kit frame is merely there for passive stat boosts. Um, so you can have on all of your universal kit modules, like your Chronoton multiple, multiple torpedo spread or Graviton spike from the summer event, and not have a kit frame installed at all. Um, okay. But they're, And it's all upgradable. So there are some of them that can go to Mark 14 Epic. There's some Finally! that are limited. There are some of the limited to ultra rare, but they can be upgraded along with the kit frames. So whatever nastiness you were able to do on ground with some of these abilities, it's going to get even better. So uh, is there a new upgrade area or is it going through ground weapons? From what I was seeing, it's going through ground. So if you have ground kits, either keep crafting them or if you're not going to be a part of this, you can make some good money selling them. Please, I've never been really one for ground, so when it comes to kits, I don't tend to do much with them. I've got something kitted, and I've got some stuff in there, but I've just never done anything with it. So for me, I like the way this is heading, but I know there are some people who have said that they don't like it. They don't like the fact that everyone's always got five and... It's just like, why? But I know some people have got things set up in a way that I suppose that if the kit frames themselves are losing certain aspects to them, so it's only just passive bonuses they've got. I suppose their individual setups they may have worked hard for could be lost. Um, but no, I think it sounds good. Having seen it, Timberwolf, what's your reaction to the changes? Um, from what I'm seeing, I like it. Because um, a lot of times you're having to switch out your kits and your kit frames have limitations to them. So you can only, like on a tactical, you have certain assault pieces and then you know, you're know you limited to only two or three there and then two or three of another type. One's, one is a, a universal. Um, oh, so grenades! If, yeah, so if you're going <laughs> for, if you're not using any universal kits, kit modules you're actually trying to use things that fit into the frame you can get very limited quickly depending on what you're trying to do and with you this or like you do get exceptionally limited very quickly well with this well you that don't at dalek all. sounding voice was dragon 
Yeah, there's, there's no limitations <laughs> on those slots since it's not through a kit frame, but it opens up a lot of possibilities for players. I I think it's a good idea. I really do. The one thing I haven't seen but would like to see when it comes to this update is loadouts for ground. Because especially if it's not all just tied up into a nice kit container, it would be so much better and easier to use and to change and to actually use all these things. So, yeah. yeah, it would be good to actually have, finally, ground loadouts. I might actually do more if that was the case, but, yeah. Just the fact that we're getting these changes so it's like house spaces, where you've got your devices. Yeah, I think a loadout would be good for this. I do hope they actually add that in to what we see in Tribble in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, like, uh, the whole idea of the, the, the kit modules being slotted into a kit, then the kit does certain different things, was, it was a nice idea, but when you implemented it, there was, there was just so much, uh, because of stuff involved with getting stuff to fit in the kits themselves, that, um, uh, my Raymond still has a Mark V old kit before they introduced the new kits. And she she continues she continues to wear that kit as her ground kit. Simply because it is easier to cope with than the new ground system. And now that they're changing it to a here's here's five devices you can use. Those are your kit modules now. I am okay with that because it doesn't mean I have to go through the hassle of figuring out which type of you know you know module is what type of school and will it fit into the kit that I want to use. One of the things that Og of Skish has said in chat is the Spire kit frames are going to lose what really set them apart. Um, I'm not sure what might happen to special ones like that but it might be I suppose we'll have to see if there's anything on actually Tribble but it could be that some of those abilities that you've actually seen on the actual kits themselves become consoles you can use so maybe there'll be a conversion if that's the case so man um, I could not wait for these changes on Tribble to go live on the 25th. You know why? Why? Fleet holdings, the various commodities, except for contraband, and item requirements such as torpedoes, devices, etc. for fleet holding projects have been converted into a single energy credit entry. Yeah! <laughs> contraband, specifically because there is a Starbase mission for Contraband, will remain a unique entry. Yeah. Um, Ogskish has followed up saying that one of his characters on Tribble had one of the original style kits in the inventory and was no longer usable on Tribble. Um, that might just be because it's on Tribble and they haven't pushed everything out yet. So... I'd wait for the next couple of weeks before sort of worrying too much personally about whether or not certain aspects of existing kits and how they work. We should hopefully be getting um, in the next week or two some blogs that actually specify 
what the changes exactly are and how it's going to work with the modules and the frameworks and everything else. So, right, um, there, you know, because this, this actually brings up um, one of those kit questions from the first revamp, which was, uh, we've not seen such and such Borg-specific kit, you know, in, in this new rotation anymore, because that kit had a some sort of some sort of passive thing on it that was unique to that kit and now it's you know it's not in game anymore so i'm wondering if we're actually going to see that module or you know that kit having a, a module come out of it that that's that you know that slots into you know one of these device slots yeah that's i just want to waste my time crafting more kits <laughs> <laughs> You'll be wasting time and money, Draken. Well, if it's kits like the one that Sun mentioned that you would like to see back in the game, then if you go, we'll have the link in the show notes to the the blog and um, the forum thread. Sorry for um, the triple release notes. Reply to that post about having that included, so that way. The people who are keeping an eye on that, um, the, the feedback make will sure see that, it. Make, make, yeah, make sure that the, that the devs actually know that the old, old kits aren't working anymore with this new update. And find out if that's by design or not supposed to be. And as usual, be as specific as you can. If you have actually can get a screenshot of it, so they can see the name and the icon and say what part of it is working and what part of it isn't working. Um, basically, the more information you can give them, the better it is, because as we know, people in the teams can move around, can leave, so someone who originally created them may not actually be on the team. So it gives people who are working on the team a chance to actually find it and look into it. But you want, as was said in the interview by um, the developers, you put it into the forums. So I would say put it into the thread for this triple release, which has actually got stuff about kits because that is going to be actively monitored for feedback. So yeah, I would say do that. And as I mentioned, the link will be in our show notes to the triple release notes um, if you can't find it. Um, now, they have actually said that companions now will better match the speed with the player. Um, so if you like to walk slowly, then... so will They you... won't be running in front of you and then, like, jolting back behind you to stay behind you. Yeah. Run, pause, run, pause, run, pause. And they've also said they have improved interacting with chairs. And they've also added more waypoints on a load of missions. And they've updated the minimum rank on the Federation 2800 missions to match the previous Cardassian missions, as well as the Klingon equivalents. Um, so yeah, there's um, a couple of other little bits that they've updated, but they said the known issues um, mainly is just that they're working on the stuff. So the graphics update, still a work in progress. Starbase K13, still a work in progress. 
and they've also got incorrect text can be seen for missions in the mission tracker. So whether or not that's just for maybe placeholders for some changes and that that are coming to do with the new arc, um, don't know. Or um, some of the new missions for the new arc, um, just so they don't give away anything. As I said, I'm not too sure. I've not had a look myself. Okay, Star Trek Online on consoles. Now, at the moment, people can actually play the Crystalline Cataclysm. So that is running between now and October 20th. So, um, yeah, you can get your um, special event. You need to do the mission 14 times. So you've got three weeks to basically run the event over a two-week period. Because it's only once every 20 hours you can complete it. And you can get the reward of 50,000 dilithium, 250 marks of your choice. And you can also get the Crystalline Energy Torpedo Launcher. Um, they've got that. There's a bonus. So once you've completed that, for each shard that you collect, you can then hand that in for an additional 2,000 dilithium or 35 marks of your choice. So basically each day you do it after that. Um, so you, you can, of course, do that seven maybe eight times depending on how good you are at meeting the 20 hour mark so there's also a sale costume that's on you can get 20 percent off again this is for consoles not pc so costume packs are on sale for 20 percent 20 percent off and that is until the 3rd of october so for those of you listening live and if I get this out early enough, that's just for this weekend. And of course, that ends on Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific. So, um, yeah, they have said that um, there was a patch that was released, but there were no patch notes. So there was an update on Tuesday. So it seems, cause I think it was Tuesday last week that the consoles got an update. So it looks like Tuesday is patch day for the consoles, where it's Thursday for the PC. Star Trek Timelines, again this weekend. Those of you who play and listening live, there is the second at um, events that's currently going on. And the featured crew from the event packs are Sulabon Reed. That's the legendary character um, ranking. You've got some super rare characters, so you've got Grand Proxy Neelix and Cardassian Kira. So um, the three faction involved, because it's a shuttle event, so you've got Augments, Ferengi Traditionalists and Cardassians. So, um, yeah. You know what it's I'm not an, seeing? An update for your device? No. <laughs> Assimilated I mean, Cardassians? I mean... Aside, aside, aside from, aside from, you know, my device not working. You know what I'm not seeing? What's that? More slots. Yeah, me either. So I've actually stopped even getting the monthly dilithium card because I just got fed up of just trying to save for the next one. I'm on, I think it's 130 that I have, and to get 135. Do you, do you, 
Do you hear this, Disruptor Beam? You are losing money now because you can't keep up with the slots. I don't think it'd be such a huge deal if it was a standard price, but the fact that it just keeps jumping at, and it's such big increases as well, it's just like I would literally have to get to the next to get the next one. I would actually have to get a monthly card and basically just not use any dilithium for that entire month, and then get just five more slots which you run one event weekend, you could very easily get five characters and it's gone again. So it also makes me not want to play the events because it's just like, well, if I actually do this event properly, I'm going to get too many characters and then I've got to start to find time to go through my characters and decide which ones I want to get rid of, which, well, I've not had time to do much in the way of gaming sort of this week alone i did about 33 hours overtime um i just haven't had the time to get in so it's just like well i'm just not gonna bother so that obviously they've kept it like that because people are buying it so as we find with star trek online what some people do and what some people will stop playing the game for doesn't mean others are completely the other way around. But uh, yeah, I guess if there's enough people that stop doing it, they will change that at some point. But for me, yeah, I do find that a little bit frustrating, to say the least. No. Um, if you're one of those people who likes to read things like terms, conditions, and privacy pr policies properly, please note that Disruptor Beam have actually updated theirs. Um, it's to be more in line with both the US and the EU laws. So um, links will be in our show notes, but you can check the new um, privacy policy out at disruptorbeam.com forward slash privacy. Um, Stu, you made the note that the policy um, has actually been revised to better protect players' personal information. So I haven't had a chance to actually read what the changes are. I'm not sure what the changes are myself, as I don't actually play the game, but I I did see the, the article regarding it on Facebook. That was pretty much the only thing that was um, posted with the, the link to it. So, um, but yeah, you can go check it out and links will be in our show notes okay convention news destination star trek europe not long now until that is coming up so it's a week away so that's october 7th to the 9th at the nec in birmingham in the uk um there's been some announcements today adam nimoy and michael moore have been added for talks uh Robert Duncan McNeil is no longer appearing on Friday due to a change in his schedule. But he is still going to be there for Saturday and Sunday. So um, they have actually said that if you have purchased a photo shoot ticket for the Friday, that ticket is now valid for Saturday or Sunday. So um, I like yeah. I like the I like the, the 
the typography irony of the statement. We're going to the UK to be to see Paris for the weekend. <laughs> uh, well, so yeah, don't worry if you've already got tickets for a photo shoot um, with Robert Duncan McNeil. Um, I've said it's still usable. However, I suppose if you're not going for those other two days, um, you just need to contact them and I'm sure they will sort out a refund for you. Um, they are once again doing the Guinness World Record attempt. Um, they attempted to beat their own record from 2012, um, but failed last year. And that was mainly because, well, They'd stuck it as first thing on in the morning, and of course, parts of uh, the communica- communications, the commuting system was down due to the fact that um, one or two of the main bridges were shut down due to filming for one of the movies that were being filmed in London at the time. So um, yeah, lots of people turned up late, ready to be part of the event, but it already finished, unfortunately. So this time they are doing it at half past three in the afternoon. So it's good they've done it back at, in the afternoon. Um, in 2012, they actually did it at the end of the Saturday. Um, as I mentioned, uh, 2014, they've done it in the morning. But of course, um, due to problems with traffic, there was a very low turnout. But they have said that they're looking for at least 1,200 fans in costume. They do note or want to note that you can't wear jeans. It must be black trousers. So they're looking for it to be a full costume. And of course, they'll have people to make sure it is a recognized Star Trek costume. Um, To sign up to be in it, just go to the information desk to get an application form. And you'll need to bring that with you when it comes to going into the event. So, um... That's the news from Destination Star Trek Europe. Um, Personally, I now will not be going. I had hoped to. But, yeah, my car just costs hundreds of pounds. And I now have no money for uh, travel or accommodation. So, unfortunately, I can no longer go. So, uh, never mind. Maybe next time, eh? Yeah, let's just hope they do another one. You know what would be, you know what would be really nice? Like, if, if, if there was a place you could, oh, I don't know, rent vehicles? Like, because, you know, people need working vehicles, not ones that have to, you have to pay, like, hundreds of thousands of, of monies to keep in proper working order. Well, if I had the money to do that, then I would. But I don't. I I think Sun means more on a a permanent basis in the same way that you would rent out, like, a flat or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, it can be sort of... With my circumstances, I can't do that. So, um, and to do that with the options that are available to me would be very expensive. They're mainly for short-term rentals rather than long-term. And the those types of rentals are usually for businesses, not commuters. 
Yeah, but see, that would be that. But see, that's 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 the beauty of actually starting something like that, though, because if that were, you know, if that actually were to happen, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a short-term thing. It was, you know, something that was that was longer, kind of like renting a a, a house. Uh, it, it would it would drastically lower the cost of rental fees. Uh, yeah. Problem is, is especially with with some of the roads and things, especially in my area, the cost to any even little amount of damage to the car would be a lot. And I'm in an area where there's lots of farms or roads which are only just big enough for two cars, which get lots of huge tractors and other agricultural um, so vehicles. So you live and... where I live, just in the UK. Yeah, and yeah, it's unfortunately I don't have much of an option, and yeah, unfortunately cars are costing too much. But cars are um, the biggest prostitute you will ever have in your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're always putting money into that bitch. But um, <laughs> the thing is, I know there's a lot of people who aren't going one. The new location is in Birmingham instead of London, so there's a lot of people who can't and won't be making it up because of the location. I've got a lot of people who I know who won't be making it because they spent all their money going to Las Vegas, and due to the fact that Destination Star Trek don't tend to give any announcements at all, including whether or not they're running an event until about six months before, um, meant they'd already... Said, well, I'm going to Vegas and saved up for that. Um, but yeah, hopefully they run another event. It'd be nice to actually know they're going to do it on a regular interval because at the moment it's been every two years here in the UK, although in 2013 they did do one in Germany, although they didn't do one in 2015. So yeah, it'd just be nice if they would say, right, we're actually going to do one for 2017. Or we're going to do the next one in 2018 while the event is on like they do for many of the conventions in America. People know when it's coming up. Because the issue with it being in October and the dates that they've got is kids are back at school. So anyone who's got kids can't attend the Friday. Not to mention they've got to sort out getting to wherever they are with kids because it's not in school term time although we do tend to have a school holiday within October but it never seems to go along those dates either so people have issues there people have already used up a lot of their time for the summer um, or are saving it for Christmas and because people are known know about the events with only a few months beforehand They've already booked the time off for other things and they can't go. And yeah, unfortunately, I see that and hear that from so many people with regards to Destination Star Trek. And it's just like, why can't you be like so many other conventions? And even if you're just booking the venue to get the date, that's all that's needed to begin with. And but, but, hey, hopefully they'll do things differently next time. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Maybe just 
stop with the hopping of different cities across everywhere and just you know it's going to come once a year at a certain kind of time like well Vegas is every year at the same sort of time indeed but yeah time will tell um, either it's going to continue not quite working and it's just like so far we've still had no information properly on what vendors are there or anything else the communication from them hasn't been great even when it comes to press passes like they only opened it up last week two weeks before the event and I was told oh I, I should hear something back by sometime today which of course I haven't heard anything back at all and it's just like well I, I'm on multiple podcasts and I know other people who are still waiting as well who are on other Star Trek podcasts and it's just like we're people who deal with Trekkies who you're wanting to attend your event and we're just being ignored and it's just like you're not helping yourself you're not releasing any information sort of there's just very little movement on their social media channels either it's just yeah it'd be nice kind of like the early days of disruptor beam isn't it well even disruptor beam when they did first release it they did a weekly event i know they haven't done their disruptor beam um disruptor stream disruptor stream that's what i was trying to remember um, for a while now but to begin with when things were new and people had an awful lot of questions they did that literally every week without fail for the most part so but yeah it, it'd just be nice to get more from them it's like we're doing this when they did the first one we had an announcement regularly um, just like with like STLV sort of you get an announcement every week or every other week sort of a couple of months beforehand and then before then it's sort of like once every few weeks there's something else but there's always just a reason to go back and check the site out but yeah from these guys there hasn't been much at all it's just like well the event's in four weeks time we still haven't heard anything just like is it still actually on <laughs> um, but yeah I just wonder how many more people could be attending if they had have announced even if it was just last october right we're doing an event but hey hum okay we have had an update from mav regarding his uh, relocation um as we mentioned previously and for anyone who's new to the podcast mav is a star trek online player um, he's also a podcaster of Stoked Radio and is being quite a big part of the Star Trek and Star Trek Online community. And he's had some major issues with his health, uh, which has led to him not being able to work. And he has now been evicted from his place because of problems due to that. Um, he is looking for help if you can. Um, his relocation fund has just gone over halfway. He's looking to get one and a half thousand dollars, and he's got uh, 773 so far. And he's still looking for help with his medical recovery fund as well. Um, but yeah, the update he's given is well, the eviction is over. Now the real moving issues begin. 
things are stressed to the limits where I'm living at the moment. I'm trying to get as full a work schedule as I can before my travel date. Everyone is stressed out and I'm trying to keep the peace and leave quickly and quietly. If you can help out with anything, it would be greatly appreciated. So, um, so yeah, as I said, if you are able to help out, please do. Links are in our show notes. Um, Guys, seriously, share this. Share it constantly. If you're having to, if you, I mean, if you're just at this point, if you're just putting the link to his to his GoFundMe in your Facebook feed every hour on the hour, do it because it means more people see it and more people go, "Hey, this person needs help." Because Mav deserves the help. He's helped so many people between Holosuite Media and Trek Radio, Subspace Radio, just everybody involved in in Star Trek and Star Trek Online. And it's ridiculous that he hasn't received that full support back yet. But, uh, yeah, even if you can't help financially... Um, spreading the word helps so even if you can do just that um, that will help okay Um, some reminders Star Trek Anthology which is now known as The Outer Rim um, doing fundraising you can get that on thunderclap.it you can also check out their site explorethouterrim.com please go have a look Check out what they're doing. Um, Renegades, they are, as far as I'm well aware, still sorting out what's going on. I haven't heard any news regarding what they're doing. But, uh, hopefully we should hear about their plans to sort out the second and final part um, of the Renegades film. Wait, well, there, was, there was some... Speaking of fan films, there was some some Axonart news lately, but I just didn't care enough to read any of it. They're basically in Discovery. Oh, um, no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about yeah. how Alec Peters decided to do to, uh, to do an Axonart podcast and talk about the lawsuit, like, for the first part of the podcast. You know, the thing that he really shouldn't be doing, he did. Yeah, basically, they're in Discovery. He decided that he's going to talk about it on their first video blog or audio blog that they've done in months. And, yeah, I I listened to it, and it's just, as usual, same old crap. So we've done nothing wrong. Yeah, you've just got 1.3 million of people's money, and you've actually told people, and there's screenshot proof that it's all gone and nothing's been produced for one um and so many other things and yeah one of the comments was um yeah we keep hearing about we had mission creep but we didn't we just wanted to improve it that's the definition of mission creep yeah and it's just like come on you did your very first crowdfunding you got basically the money you needed for it. There, were, If you had actually kept to what you should have done, people wanted a fan film. And instead, all we heard was, 
yes, but all our fans want us to do the best job we can. It's just like, no, the people who donated to your first Kickstarter wanted what you promised for that first Kickstarter. If you wanted to do something bigger and better, you think of another story and you do that with a different thing. There's there's a reason that that guy who is running the show for Discovery goes, let's be frank, the fans don't know what they want. There's a there's a legitimate reason to that, because if that's true, Mr. Peters, and fans did want bigger and bigger and bigger, you should have known damn well that you needed to stop at some point to make a thing. But no, 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 you raised $1.3 million, you bought a studio, which you now have have had to shuffle away to private investigators or private investors and now that studio is in the process of making a porn film yeah which of course is a commercial venture but they're not there to make money (laughs) um we've had alex in chat says didn't someone from axanar accuse tommy craft of buying views on youtube after horizon surpassed prelude Um, yeah and it's just like, yep, it, Alec had to come up with something because, yeah, you got Horizon that, well, one, was a proper film and not a micro film <laughs> of an introduction of what you wanted to do a story about. Um, yeah, and they did it in less time as well because... Yeah, they've already surpassed their views and they haven't been out for as long. But it's just like, no, Tommy's moved on to do other things and actually moved and everything else. So, yeah, he's really going to spend money he doesn't have to get views on YouTube. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, I, I, think, I think it's more surprising that the accusation was made... And then the question came back to them, how do you know? And their response was, go look at all these places you could do it. That seems mighty suspicious that you may actually be the one buying the things. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's all very sort of just like, okay. But yeah, just... I suppose the more he shoots his mouth off, the, the more that can be used against him, I suppose. And especially as he, the lawyers as usual just that quote. playing I games. I love that quote. You have the right to remain silent. What you lack is the ability. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I think that's enough for Axanar because, well... Alec Peters doesn't deserve the promotion, to be honest. No. Well, there is one last thing I'd like to say about this whole mess, which I find kind of funny. Um, Is that resistance is futile? Well, besides that. um, His lawyer has gone so far as trying to say that Alex Roddenberry, or that, yeah, Gene Roddenberry, did not actually fully own Star Trek, and they're trying to say that because of that, any rights when it comes to the whole intellectual property, have never been fully transferred and therefore not protected by, um, yeah, copyright law. Well, I, I've heard it grasping at straws, but, you know, in my personal, uneducated, non-legal opinion, yeah, that's just out there. Yep, just, yeah, just 
desperate things for desperate people. See, there's a reason you sign this this legal form when you go and work at uh, at, at anything involving Macintosh. Excuse me, Apple. Because anything you create as part of the Apple Macintosh brand, they own, not you. Yeah. At the very same time, anything that I create in a kitchen that uh, I let my employers know about is their property, so they can replicate it again in the future. Yep. Anyway. On to bigger, better, brighter, and yeah, more fun things. Indeed. So, community feedback. Um, last week we asked, what are your thoughts on the new K-13 fleet holding in Star Trek Online? It's so, it's so nice to know that we didn't get much feedback this week. It makes it a short show. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we had some feedback from the stove forums. Um, Sunseal, you alright to read that out? Yep, sure. So, Alex replied on the forums, Hello, Tribbles. I'm not entirely sure where this feedback is going to go, so buckle up, you're in for a ride. Whee! Okay, I traveled back in time. Not really. And I can tell you that for my next feedback, I intend to talk about Captain Gecko. Why, that particular phrase on that particular interview was actually extremely worthy of praise. Yes, you read that right. And yet so, so crushingly bad at the same time. And why Toss Feds are nowhere near as much a faction as the Romulans. It's not even close. Community question. More Toss stuff. Oh, well... Different folks, different strokes. It's just so annoying when they talk about immersion. And then these relics that are supposed to be on par with time-appropriate technology. And before you mention all the inconsistencies caused by... Oh, so many ships that should not be available to us. I know. I dislike them just as much. This is more about using immersion as a buzzword while showing that they either don't understand the meaning of that word, or they simply don't care. Just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Unless you're aperture science. The thing is, immersion means different things to different people. For some people, immersion can mean going in there and role-playing as if it was one of the TV shows. Whereas for me, immersion just means enjoying playing the game as it is. So it depends what you class immersion as. Each player is different. You keep using that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. So, Agents of of Yesterday, Artifacts Announcement. So you're really committed to bringing up exploration, huh? I remember the last time you tried that. Season 11.5, New Dawn. All the talk about going back to being explorers and diplomats. You even put it into the story blurb in the mission journal header. And what did we get? I guess what I'm saying is, I'll believe it when I see it. And it's going to take a lot more than one episode to convince me because I do remember Sunrise and how quickly you abandoned that premise. Feedback. I am somewhat torn when it comes to this week's feedback. Midnight, you made a lot of good points, and I'd like to thank you for playing Devil's Advocate. The issue is just, where do I begin? 
I really appreciate the devs showing up on podcasts. I have nothing but respect for the fact that they take time out of their busy Friday afternoons, evenings, or whatever the other podcasts do, or whenever the other podcasts do their interviews, to answer questions that in some cases have been asked a billion times before. They deserve at least a round of applause for that, and praise. Don't don't forget the praise. The problems start when they give out when they give out non-answers. I understand that they can't answer all questions because some questions might be outside of their area of expertise, or above their pay grade, or about things that have not been announced. I get that. And yes, Midnight, a lot of companies and politicians like to give out non-answers to cover their bases. That doesn't change the fact that these non-answers are essentially a waste of everybody's time. If you have to give a non-answer, I'd vastly prefer it if you just got to the point. But maybe I'm weird. Who knows? No, I'm definitely weird. You mentioned Dan Stahl as a bad example, and I disagree with you. I thoroughly enjoyed that level of communication. The same thing with Greg Ghostcrawler when he was still the lead systems designer for World of Warcraft. There's that franchise again. Quit it! Sorry, that was a minor me moment, not Alex. I, I enjoy picking a dev's brain, figuratively of course. I enjoy it when a company like Blizzard explains why they are changing something. Dan Stahl was the one who wanted and talked about one sector block to rule them all. And later down the road, he told us that it turned out to be too difficult and too much work to implement. And then Steven D'Angelo took over, and since he's a software engineer, or something like that, I don't quite remember, he got the team to do it. And that makes me wonder whether Stowe's software engineers misinformed Dan Stahl, or whether Mr. D'Angelo is just so much better at his job compared to them. Or it could, or it could be that things have changed within the game that then enabled that change to happen when it couldn't have happened beforehand. That's always a possibility as well. Yeah, but see, for that, we, we, we only have to go back a couple of weeks where we were doing an interview and the interviewee flat out said, the only reason we're getting these lighting changes is because we wanted to push console. Otherwise, this stuff never would have happened. But in business, that's the way it goes you only make changes for a lot of stuff because it's going to earn you more profit so how does the one sector to rule them all equate to more profit well, I, i'm just i you know i asked the question you know it's not i, I don't mean it as a hypothetical or an, an assy kind of question i legitimately want to know how does that equate to profit it just makes it easier for people to interact and things like that and they did want to do something like that. Now, they couldn't get that to work still, which is why we still have more than just the one. Um, we've got, was it, three. But they made it as best they could instead of just having the one. Now, they wanted to do some updates. They're adding new blocks, so they redid more of it. But again... You don't always get these big releases. And as we've had developers on the show, they've actually turned around and said there is so much stuff they would like to go back and redo, so much stuff they would like to just add. 
sort of their fans of Trek as well as it being their job. But it's not always possible. They've always got to be priorities, things that will just simply take too long. And unfortunately, there isn't an unlimited amount of money to say, yeah, just go ahead and just get that done. And at the end of the day, they are a business and they need to make money. So what we always think as being important cannot always be done. And yes, it, as a player, I would like a lot of these things myself, but as someone who does coding and testing, I understand why certain things don't always get fixed or get introduced. I can understand it from their point of um, view as well. You say, we looked into X and unfortunately we can't do it is a negative thing to say. That's technically correct, but companies have done that before, and while some players might look down on them, it didn't hurt them in the long run. Well, unless they made that announcement after the fact. It made them appear, at least to me, and I'm probably not the only one, more human, more sympathetic. I, for one, miss the days of Dan Stahl, and miss the days of Ghostcrawler, even though without him, Blizzard is more transparent than a lot of companies out there. Oh, I almost forgot. You were mentioning bad publicity, and Stewdog made a good point concerning that. Tell me, what do you think is worse publicity? A game developer who admits to making a mistake and then takes full responsibility for it? Or a game developer getting blasted with average bad reviews for releasing a game that desperately needed a few more weeks of polish? I don't think there's any game that's always going to need a few more weeks of polish. It's never going to be fully polished and working. Yeah, it's like nothing could ever be truly perfect. There's always going to be something to add, something that doesn't quite work. Especially when it comes to PC, there are just so many configurations that something's not always going to work for everybody. And sort of gamers have different expectations. Like for me, what... I see as being fun and enjoyable sort of people like say Alex and Sunseal who look a lot more into what the game is sort of saying for content and doing to me I don't go in for that for me I'm enjoying what I've actually been guessing um sort of the little bits and bobs have not been that haven't been mentioned or in some cases, yes, that doesn't always make sense. It's like, okay, that's missing. But then it's the same as like a film that I get. I can really love a film, but yeah, it's just like, well, that would never happen. But it's not something that's going to stop me from enjoying it. Go to Metacritic and look at the four entries for Star Trek Online, PC Launch, Legacy of Romulus, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. We could talk about the rating systems and Metacritic and all that, but those scores, those reviews are out there, and they stay out there if you catch my drift. I do, but it's the same with like movies. I always find that if when critics are going, ah, oh, this is an awful film, I hate it, they tend to be the movies I enjoy more than ones, ah, oh, this is a fantastic film, and I'm going, ah, oh, this is crap. Now, back to the topic. Before you say that Blizzard is a bad example because they are somewhat unique... The last time Star Wars The Old Republic rebalanced their classes, they tried to explain what they were trying to accomplish. And then they 
reacted to the feedback. Now, I don't claim to know how much of that feedback was incorporated, but there was communication. Now, tell me, did the Bioware Austin devs not answer to Electronic Arts and, by extension, EA shareholders? One would think so. What about Lord of the Rings Online? The same thing with their class revamps. Did the Turbine devs not answer to Warner Brothers and, by extension, the Warner Brothers shareholders? And before you say that it's not the same as taking or talking about a feature that ends up being discarded, a while ago there was a producer's letters from whoever was in charge of Lord of the Rings Online at that time talking about looking into possible improvements for the housing system. Sometime later, another producer's letter explained that they couldn't find a satisfactory way to revamp housing. Yes, players were disappointed, but Lord of the Rings Online is still around, and they just announced their big update, including premium housing. I still need to read up on what that actually means, but they mentioned they would still support regular housing, so it's some kind of new system. Other game companies do engage their communities. Live streams exist. State of the game blogs. Producers letters exist. The Stowe Dev team does a meet the devs at STLV. The Soder community, Star Wars The Old Republic community, does something similar called the Community Cantina Tour. The devs show up at a convention. These meetups happen at a bar near the convention. Players show up, talk to the devs. There's usually some sort of Q&A. Uh, podcasters and blog, uh, bloggers take note and talk about the stuff on their podcast and blogs. I might have missed it, but were there any was, was there any news that came out of the Meet the Devs at STLV? If so, please point me in the direction. I'd like to know. Yes, there was, but it's all contractually NDA'd by the people who were present. That's, that's the difference, and I... I in, that's the point you're trying to make, and that's the point I've been trying to make. We can talk about all this great stuff at a Meet the Devs event, but nobody can discuss it. But, you know, the Old Republic can, can have... can have They can hand out flash drives of stuff that they're in, in works, currently working on, in for their game. Of, of concept art, and ideas, and thoughts, and just random stuff. Oh, oh, and and like you know, and like Star Wars, you know, and like Star Trek, they hand out a free gift to the people who were there. The issue is with Dan Stool, they tried being open, giving sort of what things that they'd like, things that they're sort of doing, and there was just huge amounts of posts and hate because. Why hasn't this come about? Why aren't you doing this? You said that, and things are always twisted, which is why it stopped. And yet, look at the Neverwinter forums. There's a community. There's a community where there's zero communication unless there's so much vitriol coming out of the community. Which is one thing. Laughing trendy has tried to keep very hard away from the Stowe forums. And, And again, that's the point. That's the point I and Alex are trying to make. There shouldn't be this much closedness in any sort of company like this. There, you know, I get it. It's Star Trek. You don't want to talk about what's coming because you, you, you know, you, you got this, you know, this, this stuff here. Spoilers, blah, 
whatever. I get it. But you can't be so closed to the point of the only time you ever make an announcement is that there is so much hate and vitriol that you have to squash it. Because that's how you foul a player base. That's how you get a community to leave you. But then they've also tried releasing information early and things like that. So they've even done things where you can go on Triple and play it. And they just found a lot of time when people were finding out too much information too soon. People, before they even played it, made their mind up, I don't like that, won't play. They played it on Triple, not playing it on live. We've had this before. They have done this stuff. And it ended up being detrimental to people playing. So they stopped it. That's the thing. It's not like they haven't done it. They have. They found it didn't work. It got changed. Of course, things could change back at some point. But when things obviously weren't working before, they're not going to keep doing it. That's why these things stopped in the first place. Alex, I don't know when you necessarily came into Star Trek Online, but um, yeah, your next paragraph reminds me of something from before as well. That reminds me, having all these interviews and podcasts and blogs just flying around all over the internet. Remember Captain Smirk and his operations report? Yeah, that was a nice idea that died quickly, and that Smirk was laid off, and that was the end of it. But the operations report could have been used to gather all the links to the recent interviews in a central, official place. If Perfect World was interested in engaging with the community, but then again... I still can't seem to find a dev tracker on the forum, so, uh, yeah. Well, the dev tracker issue is a vanilla problem. Um, it is something that has been wanted to but get sorted. But midnight, we moved to vanilla because it's better than BBS. It's better in a lot of ways, but in other ways it's not. It's like any system, there's pros and cons. And regarding a central place, one of the reasons why we have um, the media place in the forums is so any podcasts and information can all be put into one location. So if you're looking on the forums, you can go to the media area to actually, um, the media core, to get all the publications and things there. But yeah, the reason I asked, I don't, I don't know how long you've been a player, is yeah, before... The, before the operations report, there was the, basically, the monthly Q&A thing from, from Cryptic that was basically a rehash of every question that had come out from the first one, just in a different way for the next month. Like, the one question that you could guarantee was on every one of those monthly Q&As from, from the Stodevs was... Tier 5 Connie? Tier 5 Connie? Yeah? No. So, uh, yeah. You know, there's this problem that's gone on for a long time at Cryptic. Is that Cryptic, and maybe it's Perfect World, just doesn't understand how to communicate with a Western market. Because remember... Perfect World is an Eastern market MMO company, not a Western one. Cryptic is its foothold into the Western market. It expects people to buy their stuff nonstop 
without question. And everybody over here has questions. Is if you've got ideas on ways of communicating that they haven't tried before and stopped because it wasn't working, then post it in the forums and hopefully people reply to it. And if there's interest in it and it's possible, they might take it up. Oh, and yes, Midnight, people, especially on the internet, will complain about everything. You cannot win, no matter what you do. So there are two solutions. You can change jobs, or you can face the internet with dignity and determination. I'm sure Dan Stahl and the Ghost uh, Ghost Crawler acted like lightning rods for a lot of players, but some of us really appreciate what they've done. People like them make me feel like a valued customer instead of a walking wallet. Yeah, I understand. But as I said, I can understand them when they're trying to put out lots of fires because people are expecting things which were just, yeah, we would like to do this. They get less done. So, but yeah, as we've mentioned, there's never any perfect answer. No matter what they do, there's someone's going to be pissed off at as I said, if you've got a way you think things could be done and an idea on how to do it, which would mean the developers aren't spending all their time on the forums or going through hates and people aren't going to take, I would like to do this as it's this is what is actually coming, then yeah, post with as much detail as you can on the forums and yeah. Other community members, I'm sure, will put in their thoughts, and you never know. Something may come out of it. But, uh, yeah, thank you for your feedback, as always, Alan. So we had a comment come in from Facebook on um, on the Star Trek Online fans group, which has been renamed Fans of the Kelvin Timeline. This is probably going to be the last post from this group, as some of us have been blocked and Tribble's posts have been deleted. So, any of those of you who were in this group, who were looking forward to seeing this week's post, you may not see it anymore. Anyway, this comment comes from Fred Ortiz. In regards to the question of the week, the adding of K-13 as a fleet-based project meant to me that I ended up using my dilithium for Zen to get some lockbox keys because what ends up happening is that I end up sinking all the new day-to-day dilithium stuff I get from STFs, DOFs, etc. into the fleet project itself. Yeah, I could see that happening with me as well. Oh, it's going to be happening then more than just to, uh, to Fred and they used to. It's going to happen to a ton of people just because, well, yeah... Most people don't like giving up their their dilithium or their duty officers for whatever reason. Well, doom on them. Look, I am 100% glad that all of that crap is being turned into EC. Because it makes it so much easier for a single player in any fleet to get any one of those holdings to rank one by themselves. But it's supposed to be a fleet project. Yes, a fleet project to a fleet where of 30-something people, only three people play. And those three people just happen to be the fleet leaders. Oh, 
yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about personal experience here, am I? Yeah, no. Well, that change makes me happy because, um, yeah, I've got a family fleet for my son and I, so he doesn't play that often. So I spend a lot of my time when I am in game trying to progress the fleet and all I'm doing is going backwards and forwards trying to get commodities, torpedoes, um, batteries. Peregrine falcons. And it's just like I've got the energy credits and it's not like I'm going to these social maps to talk to anyone because I've got the dialogue boxes, especially when it comes to like torpedoes where it doesn't stack. It's just like, oh... Haven't got enough room to get all of them. and <laughs> So, yeah, it makes things so much easier. It means people can get in-game. They can progress things quicker and look to do more things like playing the content and the missions and doing the reputations and things like that and actually chatting with people in-game. So I think it's a great move. I would tend to agree on that. I think it is a smart move and way overdue. All righty. Well, that's all the feedback we got for this week. So thank you everyone for joining us in chat. And of course, community questions for this week. Um, what are your thoughts on Agents of Yesterday artifacts? I'd like to know what you think of the new update that's coming out. So hopefully we'll also know more by this time next week as well. Okay. If you'd like to join the Tribbles fleets, there is Tribbles and XC Sci Fleet for Star Trek Online Federation. And there's Targs in Ecstasy for the KDF. If you're in timelines, it's simply just Tribbles in Ecstasy. If you'd like to listen to us in syndication, you can always get us on Wednesdays at trekradio.net and subspace-radio.net. You can also catch us on iTunes and Google Play. And reviews are always welcome and encouraged for iTunes as well, please. Have they got the whole issue about North America only on the uh, Google Play fixed yet? No. It's still a beta Ooh. feature, so yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's probably not going to see an international release until mid next year. Uh, if, if you do listen to us on Google Play, uh, please let me know if you ever have any problems because it's not easy for me as someone who's in the UK to actually see anything that's posted. So um, yeah, if you find anything's missing, um, anything else like that, please, please. Please get in contact. contact with us and let us know. Yeah. So if you want to talk to us, by social media on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and Star Trek Riser. Um, look for us at Tribbles in XTC. And that's the same as well for player.me. Although I've not been able to update the page there because their switch profile has, is broken currently. So I'm just posting as me. You can also email us at hosts at tribblesinecstasy.com. And you can also go to our official post on the holosuitemedia.com site and use the widgets to leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Or you can head to speakpipe.com forward slash tribbles in XTC. 
can always just leave us a voice message free of charge and we will play that on the show so once again i would like to thank our guests nick taco fangs and joe jing from star trek online it was great talking to them always great to have guests indeed except this ah. time we could actually consider dragon a guest couldn't we he has the tag <laughs> yeah. Oh, shots fired! <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Borg Collective. And um, just a quick thing to Darakos and Tozo Elder Second. Um, due to work and problems with mail on the forums, I haven't got around to sending you your codes yet for the competition winners, for the feedback giveaways. Um, it's not forgotten. Um, hopefully this week I'm going to try and see if the mail is working again so I can send you that. Um, there has been an issue with the 1000 Zen codes that I had. Um, the functionality, because they didn't go through ARC, that has now been removed from the Perfect World website. So... Um, Chozo Elder, you will get a Legacy of Romulus starter pack instead. So, um, yeah, I shall get you those Woot! as soon as Congrats I can. Congrats on the upgrade! And oh, yeah. eventually, when I do get some time to get in-game, hopefully I'll be able to get to Alex Wonja and get him the two keys that he won um, quite a while ago. Um, I still have them for you. So, not forgotten. Just need timing game and hopefully we'll catch each other in there okay so thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week take care everyone Kapla. bye everybody we'll see you on the next episode see you Cheerio. guys isn't this the part where we play an outro yeah, that's what's supposed to be happening <laughs> oh no midnight broke the outro no, you broke the outro. The button's oh, yeah, not I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a Manu Interamy moment. Is this button working? You forgot to push button? the fucking button? <laughs> Why is my fucking button not working? Fuck, the button's not working. Come on, outro. It... Come on, outro, you can do it. Come on. Come on, outro, come on. We love you. We wouldn't hurt you. You're our outro. Does that mean we can just, like, hang about and chat for another, like, three hours? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Please wait while we get rid of these technical difficulties. <laughs> wait, I That's thought it was Stu's turn to clean out all the troubles from the war chamber. So what you're saying is he's broken multiple vehicles, and now he's broken the show. I wasn't gonna go there, but yes! <laughs> Accessing Battlefield Command. Please stand by. Hello, Cortana. How are you today? Uh, Eva. Command and Conquer. Yes, Eva was, was my favorite part of that game. Before Cortana, there was Eva. <laughs> <laughs> Before Siri, there was Eva. Sybil <laughs> uh, says, can't you just acapella the outro? Um... Trust me, you don't want me singing. Yeah, not if you don't want your ears to bleed. No, not, I'm not going to do it either. Does the outro have lyrics that you can, like, acapella?
Anyway. The outro the outro has lyrics. Does yes. it? Yeah. Yeah, talking about you can catch us at the same time every week and announcing the time and thank you for joining us and yeah, all that. Oh yes, of course it does. I <laughs> should know this. Okay. Yes, yes you should. I'm forcefully uh. quitting the stream. I shall catch you all next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> this will all be fixed in post. satellite radio for our remastered shows and more you can follow us on twitter at tribbles in xtc or if you have any questions or comments please send an email to tribbles in ecstasy at gmail.com join us next week for another episode of tribbles in ecstasy the only place where tribbles and klingons are friends